Are you an amateur filmmaker? Are you an independent filmmaker? Harold, do you even do YouTube films? If you do and you would like us to review your films, contact us at a couple of averagejoes.com. My name is Mike Sutherland. You can contact me at MPS5150 at gmail.com, link below. And Joe Spiegel at gmail.com. J O E S P E I G L E at gmail.com. I would hope that they know how to spell Joe. <laughs> Anyways, if you have any interest, click on the links below and you'll be able to hit our email addresses and we'll be able to, uh, to talk further from there. Sound good? Yes, very good. Very good. Awesome. Freaking sweet. Go. Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast Never Ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside. Come inside. I'm just Pico. Mike Sutherland. All right. All right. This is our Cold Pursuit episode, and uh, there we go. Kind of. <laughs> we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, definitely some personal shit, too, as well. No. <laughs> no? No. All right, well, then. Actually, yeah. I, I kind of. <laughs> so. We were recording this episode. This is a, this is like take two, and the first episode was not good. Part it was, it was not good at all. So we decided to re-record it because um, superstition for me. Uh-huh. Like if you just if you just keep if you pick up where you left off, you know the the energy's different. Yeah, and. Um, that whole episode needed to go away, anyways. It was it, it, it started off bad. You, you picked up the signs, yeah. like it was like when I drove home one time from Lyft, and uh, oh, I already gave it away. And uh, it was like three in the morning, and I I'm I'm, I'm still on the, I'm on the clock and everything, and all of a sudden this guy blows through a red light right in front of me, and he's going at least sixty miles an hour on residential street, uh-huh. and he didn't stop or anything, and I was able to steer around him without scraping him. I don't know how the hell I didn't t-bone him, but. I, I turned her I, I just I was like, Holy fuck, man. I, I was like, you know what? I I got it. Thanks thanks God or whatever. You gave me the hint. <laughs> and I turned the app off and I went straight home. I was only about three miles away, so yeah, I was like, Yep, um you you warned me. <laughs> I don't know what that is doing anything, but okay, yeah. Well I, a warning sign, you know, like, okay, that's just telling me that it's time to Yeah, end you the went night. too deep, so that's that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing that you, popped in my you head. You did a typical Joe. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, so well, as we were recording, we were about an hour and a half into it last night Yeah, and, and arguing and this and that and the other thing, just getting shit off of our chest. And I had had bad days. So I brought that baggage with me and it wasn't Joe's fault that I was in a bad mood. It's generally, it's never Joe's fault that I'm in a bad mood, but he'll say stuff and then it'll just fucking tick me. <laughs> and jab, I, jab, jab, yeah, jab. he's not, well, it's not jabbing. It's just like, like. I'm just going to take it out on you because you're fucking there, right? Mm-hmm. You're standing right there. Well, and, I like the uh, little smiling inflatable bunny in the corner. and I just keep smiling at you when you're pissed off and you're like, motherfucker. Yeah, and I'm going to get you now. <laughs> and, uh, I'm, I, you know, like I said, I'm just not feeling it with the show. And then the fucking, like, we were in the middle of it. I'm already ticked off and the f- his fucking phone starts ringing. Now, it's been a while since his phone has rung. You know, in, interrupted the show. I mean, it it happens, but generally we hit pause, and he's like, "I'm doing something." Yeah. You know, but it's like once in a blue moon now. It used to be all the time, and and Joe Joe's like, "Hold on a second, I I gotta take this." I'm like, fine. And then and then it went from bad to worse. <laughs> yeah my my son calls me and he says, 
says, uh, hey, you remember that, you know, that, that homeless guy that's, you know, been at the bottom of the stairs for the last few weeks at, at our apartments? And I said, yeah. And he, he goes, yeah, he's, he's in the apartment right now. And I'm like, what are you talking about? But you said, what the fuck? Yeah, I, 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 I think I said motherfucker about 30 times as well. <laughs> and I didn't call my son a motherfucker. I just, you said motherfucker. Yeah. But, motherfucker. And yeah, uh, apparently this, this homeless dude who's, uh, who was super on something. I don't know what uh, he was on. He was on junk or something. But, uh, he came up to the door and he uh, talked my son into going and getting the phone so he could call his friend because someone's trying to kill him, apparently. And my son um, had the screen unlocked, the security screen, because he was doing laundry. And, well, when my son walked away from the door to go get the phone for the guy to use, which he's not supposed to do in the fucking first place because he's not even supposed to open the door when I'm gone, um, the dude just opened the screen door, the security door, and came right into the apartment. And next thing you know, the guy asks, you know, my son, oh, hey, you, you got a, you know, someone tried to kill me. You, you got a, you got any weapons, you know, like a, you got a, like a baseball bat or something, right? So my son goes into the closet and gets, we have like four or five baseball bats we've collected over the years. And my son goes and gives him one. And then the dude fucking crouches behind the front door and he's like, I'm the first line of defense. Anybody comes in here, I'm going to stop them, right? And my, so my son, both of my sons, they stay in the back of the, the apartment for a while this is a much better story now yeah and <laughs> they're in the back of the apartment with my goes you know, we had a covered we had pocket knives and shit and i'm like yeah what the fuck's a pocket knife gonna do to a goddamn guy who's you know hyped up on something H- right up on fucking meth and PCP. yeah like he's not feeling no pain you know so i'm i'm freaking out and he has a baseball bat yeah and i'm seeing red i'm like motherfucker i can't like i can think straight but i can't think straight right. well time. you didn't know about that shit until after yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know about the baseball bat thing, and until yeah, and so I didn't even know. I thought William had let him in. Like I didn't got any weapons. <laughs> Good thing you didn't look fucking combination of the safe. Oh yeah, yeah. I, shit, and I, I I made sure when the cops got called that I didn't mention anything about what I have now. So, um, but yeah, the, everything's locked up. Thank God. So, um, but. Yeah, my son didn't tell me that the dude walked right in the door. He made it sound like he let him in. So I was fucking pissed at my son. Like, why the fuck would you let this guy in in the place, right? And 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 you know, I'm just like, oh god, I I, I just all these thought scenarios running through my head, and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to do, right? And I'm like, okay, do I call nine one one? And you're like, you're just like, dude, hold on, take a yeah. breath, take a breath. Don't <laughs> call nine one one. It's not an emergency. <laughs> you're being very undued right now. Yeah. <laughs> so and. So, you know, it couldn't, you're like, you called the cops yeah. and you're like, I can't get through. Fuck this. And I say, I say so, to William, I go, I go, where is he right now? And William goes, he's laying down. I go, where is he laying down? And he goes on your bed. <laughs> and I'm like, the motherfucker is laying down on my bed. I go, is he, he's asleep. And William goes, yeah, he's out. And I'm like, okay. All right. All right. Stay on the phone with me or, I'm, and I'm going to call you right back. And so I, 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 I called the manager and I left her a voicemail. Let her know what was going on. We did. We did call the cops. Yeah, called the cops, and I told him. And look, because the guy wasn't doing anything violent, because I, I didn't want the cops going in there just storming, but, you know, shooting. But they, they, they don't do that stuff, dude. I, I, I don't know. I, it, I, it's not. I don't know. They don't do that. There's kids involved. So, I tell him, look, the guy hasn't done anything violent or anything. It's just that you know, I my kids, right? So yeah. Um, they say, okay, we'll get someone right over there, right? And I, I think less than 10 minutes after, I, um, you know, they're already there. So Yeah, you, you talk to the um, you talk to the manager, mm-hmm. 
and you said, yeah, I'm leaving right now. I'll be there. I'm, I'm up in Auburn, blah, blah, blah. And I could hear her on the other side of the phone. I told that motherfucker to stay out of here. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> now he's in your fucking apartment. Fucking God damn. Oh, man, I'm really sorry about your kids. Motherfucker. You know, <laughs> it's, like it's it's like when Ed Rooney's running, running down the hall. Yeah. And then he stops at the door. And he walks by. Yeah. And then he runs again. And he stops at the door every time he stops by yes. the classroom door. Yep. It's the same thing with her. Yeah. I'm really sorry about your kids. That motherfucker. <laughs> I, I kicked him out of here. I told him I was going to call the cops. God damn it. Pardon uh, my French, but you're an asshole. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Eat it, Rooney. Yeah, she was. She's. <laughs> yeah, she was pissed. And so, uh, yeah, because I mean, off and on for the last few weeks, I've been seeing the guy sitting at the base of my stairs, you know, and and you can tell he's. He, I didn't know if he was homeless or he was just a dirty friend of someone that lived in the apartment, right? Because he kept being at my stairwell, right, when I see him, and so no, he was casing the place because he knows that now you have kids. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It, it, so I, you know, but still, I was like, you know, earlier in the day. Um, William comes in with a cup of noodles and I say, where'd you get that from? Because I don't want them, there's certain kinds of foods I don't want them bringing in the house anymore because right. of my diet. And I said, where'd you get that? And he goes, oh, I'm just heating it up. I go, whose is that? And he goes, the, you know, the guy, the homeless dude at the, at the bottom of the stairs. I'm like, motherfucker. And like, I, I, like, does he have common sense? Yeah, well, he's just nice. I, he's, he gets that from me, the being too nice kind of thing. And So, I mean, he was eating a couple noodles from a guy that gave it to no, him. No, 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 no. The guy wanted him to heat up his cup of noodles for him. Because he's, you know, he, he's homeless. He doesn't have a microwave. So what? So he asked. Go to Seven Eleven. I, I, I know, but it's it's the nice thing, right? You no. know, I, I, no. I, no, I know, I, I agree, I agree. You just don't, don't, don't fucking bother me. But William, he doesn't. It's hard for him to say no to, you know, because he likes to learn. help people, right? So yeah, he, he better fucking learn from this one. So I already knew, like, right when he asked William to heat that up, I'm thinking in my head, okay, watch before the day's over, he's gonna come up, so he's gonna knock on the fucking door and ask for something else. Yep. Right, because it's like the first step, you know. Yeah, and then it avalanches. It went all the way from from fucking heat up my cup of noodles to um, fucking barricading gonna, yourself in the house. Uh, you know, I'm gonna just sleep on your uh, on your bed. Yeah. Hey, buddy, how you doing? Yeah. Mind if I nap on your fucking clean sheets? Yeah. So, <laughs> so then with my aids. Yeah, my my son William, you know, he's scared, uh, you know, because he called the cops. He said he already called the cops because he wanted him to, you know, like see if there was anyone out there trying to kill this guy. So William lied to the cops. I found out later that that there were gunshots outside. That he heard gunshots. There were no gunshots. William just made it up, um, just to get the cops out there quicker. And so, but there was no record of him calling. Yeah. So he said, and he he got pissed when I said that to him on the phone because he's like, that he goes, that's crap. He goes, I he goes, I called, but I don't know. It, so, yeah, I, I thought cause I was pissed off at William because I thought that he had let the dude in, and I didn't realize that. You know, until later that he that he didn't let the guy in. The guy just walked in. Right. You know, but this pisses me off because just the other night when I came back, I think it was Sunday when I came um, came back from uh, being here, uh-huh. and then I, I was driving all night. I come home at five in the morning. The fucking screen door is open and the front door is unlocked. So I walk right in. William's sleeping on my bed in the living room, and he he's and I say, dude, what the fuck? I I said I said when did you go to bed? And, uh, like midnight. Okay, so there's been five hours where someone could have come in, did their business with you, and been gone, and I would have known nothing. Right. You know, this isn't the first time he's done. He's done that at least three or four times since we've lived in this place. But, um, so I think yeah, when he was doing the laundry, he left the goddamn screen unlocked again. So, dude comes in anyway. What it all comes down to is, uh, I I am like okay, I gotta fucking go. So I'm driving. I'm I'm on the phone with him because I, I want to keep contact at all times to make sure, and. 
all of a sudden the manager calls me and says the cops are there they're already at the door you know um, tell your son to open it so because William's in the back of the apartment and William goes to the fucking door and lets him in and I can hear on the phone I can hear the cop walking up to the dude is a female officer and she's like she, you hear clapping like hey 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 what the hell are you doing here what are you doing <laughs> and then William goes I gotta go they gotta they want to talk to me I go alright so I hang up and uh, yeah, then the manager, you know, I talked to the manager afterwards and yeah, they took him out and they, um, they searched his stuff and there was no drugs apparently in his stuff. And they took him to the, you know, they filled out a trespassing, you know, report and stuff. And then they sent the guy walking and we haven't seen him since then, but just the fact that, you know, I, I, I had to, I had to do the, like, you know, the 45 minute lecture when I got home, you know, about, I ran through all these scenarios for my son to understand. This is what could have happened. This is what he could have done to you. You know, this is how the night could have ended. Yeah, you literally gave him a weapon. Yeah, you know, and my son, he was, you he, you could tell that he was so upset at himself for letting the guy in. <coughs> I just was, I was just so happy that nothing happened, that I, I was, I didn't, I, I did all my yelling did on the phone. Did you really think anything was going to happen? I mean, literally, you were on the phone with him for, the, for 45 fucking minutes. I'm not trying to yeah. be the, but like... He's he's the dude's asleep. The manager's awake, and she knows that she can go over there. The cops are 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 going to be there. Yeah. But you're on the phone with him for forty five minutes. Are you really con? You're really that concerned that something's going to happen to him? You could just run out the fucking door. Well, I just know how the world is and what could but, happen. But no, 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 no. I know no. how that irrational. has nothing to do. With I know him. how crazy a fucking druggie can become. He literally told you that the guy was asleep on your bed. Yeah. That dude ain't waking up for shit. <laughs> Okay, well, I didn't want to just go off straight assumption. You know, what if the dude freaks out and just wakes up like blast awake, like holy fuck, where am I? You know. Well, yeah, that's fine, but you're still on, you're on the phone with him for forty five minutes, and you're still concerned that something's going to happen with him. Like, get the fuck out of the apartment for now. Go down to the manager's apartment. Well, it, it happened really quick um, when the cops getting there. So, well, I um, know, but I'm saying in that circumstance, if the guy wakes up, you, you've got a door, you got a couple of bats. You know, kids can swing a bat pretty fucking hard. Yeah. So. Yeah, I um, I I just I was done yelling at him, and and I you know I just like dude, I want you to think about all of this and how lucky we all are that nothing bad happened tonight except right. the fact that I have to wash my fucking sheets now. Yeah, you know, and, you should burn them. And the laundry mat's closed, so I, you know I had to I had to just take it all off and sleep on my on the on the street mattress. Ugh. You know, with all this dog fur stuck to it and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, whatever. You know what? Like I said, it. it that it just i'm just glad nothing that, bad happened yeah nothing nothing really bad nothing you know nothing fuck it nothing bad happened you know yeah you just made a bad mistake yeah no or one got a dumb mistake no yeah. one got hurt and I, I told him please you have to learn from this shit that's the point yeah you know you survived learn from it so it doesn't happen again yeah. i don't care how much you want to help someone and be nice to someone you cannot put yours and your brother's life in danger anymore yeah if you don't know them do not do anything yeah, pretty I'll much. I'm going to fucking heat up his cup of noodles. No, you're not. Yeah. Give it back to him. Yeah. Do so, I know you? You know? Yeah, and I told him, I said, look, uh, blame me. All you got to do is blame me. Say, my dad says I cannot do anything for anyone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Always go upstairs, which is literally what, you know, like blame management. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, I can't I can't make that decision. That's that's what my manager's for. Yeah. And then my manager goes, oh, I can't make that decision. That's what my manager's <laughs> it's for. It's corporate. You got to call corporate. Like, Their hours are Monday through Friday. Who the fuck can make a goddamn decision around here? <laughs> yeah. It's passing the buck, right? Yeah. And I said, you know, that, that's fine. You know, if you don't want to go out and hang out with your friends because they're doing something you don't want to do, 
and you're too embarrassed to say it, then just say, just say, oh, my dad won't let me. You know, I said, just blame me. Uh, you know, yeah. I dad says I got to clean the apartment. Yeah. So, um, and I told, him, I said, dude, when I'm gone, the door stays fucking closed. We have a peephole. You can look through it. Okay. And if it's someone you don't know, I mean, truly, truly know, like the manager or one of our neighbors next door, do not open the fucking door. Right. You know. And so I, and then I put on that um, a little clip from Seinfeld where uh, Jerry's apartment gets robbed. Where he he walks in from his trip, you know, and he sits down and he grabs the TV remote and the TV, he realizes the TV's gone, and then he gets up and then Kramer walks in and Kramer's like, oh yeah, I'm sorry, sorry, uh, yeah, I I went to you know get, I went to borrow a spatula and I went back and a soap opera came on and I forgot, and then Jerry's all, well, you know, I I have a you know. Kramer said, do you have a, well, don't you have insurance? He goes, no. He goes, I bought the, Jerry goes, I bought this fucking lock to put on the door and the lock has no problems. The only, the only side problem that it's got is that the door must be closed. <laughs> you know, and that Jerry fucking scream, right. that whiny scream. And yeah, I, I just lightened the mood for the end of the evening. Cause I, I just, I was just glad that they were fine. So, you know, everybody laughed and I just said, okay, go to fucking bed. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. All right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I, kids, man, they're fucking kids. Yeah. I, so, yeah, they're they're knuckleheads. Yep, I love them. They're they're, they're, they're idiots, but I love them. So, um, <laughs> and on with the show. Yes. All right. So, uh, Shazam. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Shazam. <laughs> no. Uh, sci-fi uh, is. Um, it was announced that Sci-Fi is. You know, was going to do a um, a Critters TV series, but apparently they're also doing a um, a full-on motion picture. And uh, they're filming it right now. And uh, in an interview with uh, D. Wallace, uh, you know, uh, Sands the Stone, because uh, she was in the original film, uh, she uh, she's hinted that she might show up in it as well. And so, I don't know. I, you know what? I, I like Critters, man. I just, I, I don't know if I'm interested in, in sci-fi doing Critters. I was never a huge fan, but if sci-fi is getting involved with this, mm-hmm. it's going to be cheesy. Yeah. So I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> I mean, can you get more cheesier than the hungry heifer? <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm, look, I mean, sci-fi runs a ton of fucking stuff from yeah. Lionsgate, and and like for the past for the past month, I've seen they've run uh, Friday the Thirteenth, two thousand and nine. Yeah. They've run. Um, there was a Jeffrey Dean Morgan uh, movie that's kind of like. Uh, um, Abigail, but not Abigail. Mm-hmm. It's about ghosts and the house that he bought and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Daughter can talk to ghosts or some shit like that. And then uh, they they keep running like the same the same five movies over and over again. I swear to God, I've seen Seventh Son like seven times. Oh, God. I have it on mute so I don't have to listen to it. Yeah. But, I mean, it's got Alicia Vikander in it and uh-huh. Julianne Moore. So uh, good, yeah. good, good eye candy. You love those redheads, man. I do love redheads. <laughs> and, um, and a whole bunch of other movies. that I mean, it's just... There was a movie with Donald Faison in it. He plays a he plays a artist. Yeah, I can't remember the name. It's another horror movie, but they seem to they seem to play like these these movies over and over again. Mm-hmm. You know, like and then the next month they'll just like they'll pick like ten fucking well, it's more than ten. It's uh, thirty different movies, but yeah. it's really not thirty different movies. It's four, and they just put them in rotation. Yeah. So you know, I mean, look, sci-fi. I don't know all of their content, but there's been a few things that have come out of there that that have been decent. Like, uh, definitely, Battlestar Galactica was fucking amazing. That what they did with that show. Uh, 
and I, I liked Z Nation. I, you know, it, it's a stupid fucking zombie show, but it, it was entertaining. And uh, and then I, uh, you know, I think that I didn't really watch Caprica because they only did it for I think one season. Yeah, the it, it was the home planet, the home world of the Cylons. Yeah, it was a prequel. You know, like yeah. like a hundred years before some shit. And so I never watched it. I, I think it actually took place before the original original series. It's possible. Yeah, that's that's because they were building the Cylons. Yeah. And uh, that was the premise behind the whole thing is the the big stormtrooper type guys. Yeah, so. exactly. So um, yeah, I, you know what I mean. <laughs> I like critters. I do. I, I just um, I don't know if if you know if anything new with critters can be done. You know, is going to be entertaining or not. We'll see. I, I you know what yeah. I want. I want it to be good. So you know, I'll check it out when when it does. Okay. So all right. Um, I saw a documentary on Netflix uh, yesterday, and well, technically it wasn't yesterday, but. <laughs> Today, <laughs> yeah, I saw a, a documentary called <clears throat> "Abducted in Plain Sight," and it's uh, it causes your throat to instantly go dry. Uh, this is about a uh, a family in nineteen uh, seventies uh, Utah, I believe. I th- believe they're in Utah, Utah or Idaho, one or the other. Yeah, I'm sorry. The, Utah is involved, but it is in Idaho. Thank you very yeah, much. Utah, give me two. <laughs> yes. So, um anyway, this family, okay. Uh, I I hate it when I do this. See how well prepared we are, people. Oh, so wrapped up in my own goddamn story that I uh All right. Got to love editing, don't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> no. All right. So, um Netflix released this in uh in 2019, but it came out um Two years prior, or a year and a half prior, known as Forever B, you know, the letter B. Um, and then Netflix Netflix just pretty much repackaged it. Um, it's yeah, set in the 1970s, and it follows the Broberg family. And um, they were, you know, Mormons, and uh, they, uh, they meet up with a family um, called the... Um, God damn it. I kn- Go to the Wikipedia. <laughs> uh... Fuck, I had all this shit. Why? Go to the Wikipedia. I'm on the Wikipedia. No, you are not. <laughs> well, this guy's just an asshole. That, we're, we're just going to go with that. You know, We're just going to say the guy's Wasn't an asshole. Wasn't it the uncle or the next-door neighbor? Uh, the next-door he, neighbor. He, I, they, I don't think they were next door, but they were close by. They were in the community, the small community that they were in in Idaho. And so this guy, who's pretty much his name is B, that, that was the nickname for everybody, He, this guy B spends years getting in with his family he's got his own family he's got a wife he's got fucking kids he seems to be very knowledgeable about things very personable very accommodating he loves to help out around the community um doing things and but this man has a dark side (laughs) and you know then you do the slow panning on his eyes in the picture right and so this fucking dude he spends years getting in with his family and he gets his eyes set on their daughter, one of their daughters. They have three of them. And the daughter, Jan, who at the time this first started, I believe she was around 12 years old, um, he becomes completely obsessed with her. And he keeps, you know, finding excuses to come around the family and, and be there all the time, you know. And and, and uh, you're always going on camping trips and all this other shit. And, and so the daughter, Jan... He um he gets her he starts doing things to get her to also want to spend time with him as well and you know he like offers to take her on horseback rides and all this other shit and the, her parents 
the most gullible, oblivious motherfuckers in the history of parenting. Um, they just let him let their kid keep going, you know, with her, you know, let her go with him and fucking alien abduction. Okay. Oh my god, dude! It, this thing is <laughs> half this documentary. My mouth is just open. Like, what the fuck? Like, I, I really? Robert Berktold was his name, by yeah. the way. B. Yeah. Yeah, and so they yeah he just had everyone call him B, and this guy is just a master manipulator, and he would do things like um, get the the wife to question her marriage, and then do things with him, and then he would get the husband to fucking do things with him as well, um, and the husband only admits to one thing. He admits to one day when the, him and him and B are on a ride going for a ride. In a um, you know Sunday drive right, and the dude says I my wife just not giving me any sex and and you know I can't get any relief I just can't get any relief can you please get, help me with some relief and he keeps pointing towards his crotch, and the dude says so you know as dumb as I was at the time I said okay fine and he fucking says he reaches over and he gives the guy a handy and then there's this delay and you could tell that you can see the shame in his eyes this, this father, and uh, and he's just. I got the vibe. I really got the vibe that he did a lot fucking more than just a handy, to, you know, to right, Mr. B. Right. And, uh, but that's all he's going to let you know. And, uh, this guy died like uh, a year ago, um, the father. Um, but he, you know, he was there for the documentary to film. And the guy was, I think, in the 70s or 80s by the time they did this documentary. And, uh, so while this guy's getting the, you know, trying to split the, the, the marriage apart, right? He's also getting the daughter more and more interested in him. So he's one, grooming her. Yeah. Oh, fucking A. He's totally grooming her. And one day he, he comes over and he says, yeah, um, I want to know if, I, if it's okay if I take uh, Jan over to, uh, you know, for horseback riding for the whole day. You know, it's, it's you know, so, so and so far down the road, you know, a few miles or whatever. They say, okay, just make sure you have her back by tonight because, you know, we got stuff to do or something. Okay. They leave. Doesn't come back that night. Doesn't come back another night. They're starting to freak out, and then they keep they keep um, not calling the cops because the wife of this fucking guy, she says, "Oh well, maybe it's just a misunderstanding, and and you know just you know we don't want it to look bad for the community because you live in a community where everyone you know supposedly knows everything, right? Right. And apparently, but yet no one knows shit. And so they keep putting it off, putting it off. Finally, after a few days, they finally call the cops and report this shit. Well, this dude had already taken her over state lines. Um, he kept drugging her with sleeping pills. Um, apparently, he was sleeping over a lot before this, and he was sleep spent a lot of nights sleeping right next to her. Right. And so he did this weird fucking thing where he had her drugged on um, on sleeping pills, but he told her they were you know like vitamins or something for her allergies or something, and. She woke up. She would wake up, and there would be this weird fucking voice coming through um, a voice recorder, and, or like an intercom, and it would tell her that she's the chosen one, and that she needs to go in here, and and that B is is you know her mate for life, and kind of thing, and you have to do this, and you need to do that shit, right? And it's fucking creepy, and and you know you have Jan who's grown up now. She's in her um, late fifties now, and she's talking about this stuff. Come to find out, she's an actress. And, uh, yeah, she's done a lot of shit like um, a show called Everwood on uh, CW. And mm-hmm. so she's she's going over all the stuff that he would do. And, she, you know, you could tell that he got in her fucking head big time because she, to this day, she still bases, like, love off of how much she felt for this guy. 
and he convinced her to you know have sex and 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 all this stuff and he was always very gentle he's always very you know he never hurt her and he you know and all this shit and it was just oh my god it, but it it gets worse than that it gets way fucking worse than that you know he finally you know like he takes her down to mexico fucking marries her because it's legal to marry at the time it was legal to marry a 12 year old in mexico then he calls up he calls the parents after the fbi is involved and he says to the parents I need your permission. I need you to sign a permission form showing that you, it's okay for this marriage. Otherwise, I can't bring her back to the States. All right? So they reluctantly fucking, um, you know, well, I don't remember exactly what they did. I don't, they didn't sign that, but somehow they got them back over the, oh, I'm sorry. They had Federales go and arrest his ass. Right. They caught him. They bring him back. Well, then he just keeps calling them on the phone, manipulating them. And there's recordings of it because the FBI was involved. And you hear just, he never fucking loses his cool, you know? And, and he's just able to fucking get him. Oh yeah, well I need you to drop charges and things, and and they fucking drop charges against him, and and then all of a sudden you know he he starts guilt tripping him, and then he starts blackmailing them. He starts blackmailing the the married, you know the uh, the wife, the husband and wife, because you know about well I'll talk about your husband being a homosexual, you know, and and you know of course you know Mormon in the seventies, right? Right. And then the wife, oh well you know you 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 cheated on your husband and all this stuff, right? So he's using that against them, and so then they they drop charges, and then. Um, and he just slowly fucking weasels his way back in again. And then about, you know, a few months later, fucking kidnaps her again. And it just, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? And then, then you find out the wife who didn't, hadn't slept with him yet. She had just like made out with him a few times. Um, she ended up having an affair with him for like eight months afterward. It, uh, you know, after the second, it's just like, what the fuck? So it, it's just insane. It is absolutely insane how this family and the fact that they were able to get through this and still remain a family afterwards is mind boggling. Uh, I mean, I'm glad that for the most part it, it worked out for them and they're, they're, you know, quote unquote, okay, but God damn it, it, this, this really shows you what like people are capable of. Do not trust your fucking kids with anybody. Keep your eyes open and don't be afraid to say no. Okay. Speak the fuck up. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> I just, like, <laughs> fucking, the dude gives him my handy. I'm just, I'm laughing at how fucking dumb this guy is. Right. So, anyway, um, abducted in plain sight. It is very interesting. It's about an hour and a half long. And it just, I, 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 that, I went through the whole documentary quick, dude. It felt like, it, it didn't feel like it was an hour and a half. It really didn't. But, you know, and it, shit. Just check it out on Netflix. It's there. It's definitely there. You'll find it. Yeah, that's that's just fucking bizarre. Yeah, the FBI, the guy who was running the FBI at the time, or the case, he's just like, he was pissed at the fucking parents the whole time. He's like, I told you not to do this. I told you not to do that. And you keep fucking doing all this dumb shit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God damn. Crazy. Yep. So, psycho. All right, so uh, the uh, Will Smith, the Will Smith, not, not Will Smith, the Will Smith. Why don't you think of a better way to... Uh Segway? Segway into this. Like You could help me instead of just staring at things off in you know. Oh no, you know. <laughs> you're 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 quite capable of doing it. <laughs> but I'm new at this. <laughs> All right. So uh we uh we got an update on uh no, on, on the Suicide no, Squad no. sequel. James Gunn and hey, have you heard that James Gunn is still doing Suicide Squad too? Well yeah, we already this is an update to Suicide Squad because we talked about Suicide Squad a few weeks ago. Have you heard that James Gunn is doing Suicide Squad 2? Yes, I have, Mike. I have heard that. Except I'm talking to the audience, not you. <laughs> All right. Or as you may have heard, James yes. Gunn is still yeah. writing and directing Suicide Squad 2. 
this yeah. time without or, Will Smith. Or it's just like the Predator, right? It's called the Suicide Squad. <laughs> sure. For, for now, tentative title. So um, it's reported that Will Smith is not coming on to reprise his role as Deadshot because he's got contractual obligations for other shit when they're going to start filming. So he, you know, bowed out. You know, and I guess there's no animosity between him and the studio or anything like that. But a me, like I think a day or less after they announced this shit, they already um, signed on um, Idris Elba to they replace had him. Already, I mean, this this happened six months ago. It's probably yeah, yeah. You're probably right. So um, yeah, so now just waiting. Idris Elba is going to play Deadshot. I look. I love Idris Elba. I really do. But I, I hate it when they change actors for movies. Whatever. It, it just bugs me. I mean, it's like, why why even have Deadshot in the movie? You know? But whatever. I I know. It's kind of weird to say when Deadshot was like him and Harley Quinn were the main characters in the, in the last one. But yeah, I mean, the guy's already doing homework with his kid. Does he really need to do anything else in this movie? No. No, he doesn't. So. No. But we neither one of us have any faith in DC anyway, so who really gives a shit? Yeah. I am Midge. So... There you go. That's what we got. Have you ever seen Mrs. Maisel? Not yet. I know it's on Amazon. Yeah. and uh, I'm not for sure that it was also on Netflix. I For some reason, I keep seeing Netflix. And I, I, I it could be like they just run together, you know, Netflix commercials with Miss Maisel and stuff like that. Yeah, it's possible. And, or, you know, get it streaming. Blah, Crossover blah, blah. advertising or something. Yeah, something like that. So I think, was it two <laughs> seasons are on there, are on uh, Amazon right now? Yeah, there's two seasons. So I've seen part of season one, six, six episodes into mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of you that haven't seen Mrs. Maisel, it's uh, set in 1958. Miriam Maisel, or, or her, they call everyone calls her Midge is an upper-middle-class Jewish housewife living on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. Um, she's married to a guy named Joel. Hold on a second. Joel, played by um, uh, Michael Zegan. Um, he's a businessman working at a plastic com- company and moonlights as a comedian at the Gaslight Cafe using other comics material, mostly Bob Newhart stuff. Yeah. One After one particular mediocre performance, Joel leaves Midge for his secretary, except he'd always been planning on leaving her, but... Um, that's just it wasn't because of the mediocre performance it was because he's not good enough for her that yeah. was it you know so midge drunkenly goes back to the gaslight she delivers an impromptu set confessing her predicament to the audience while her body biting and brilliant delivery enthralls the audience she gets arrest, arrested after burying her breasts when this is when she meets lenny bruce who has also been arrested for obscenity in his act saying the f word and stuff like that Oh no! Um, because mostly because they don't have licenses for uh, burlesque shows and whatnot. Yeah, and this is the fifties. Yep, and they're very draconian and all their stuff. And it, I mean, um, could even flush a t uh, flush a toilet on the TV at that time period. Yeah, uh, Midge is bailed out of jail, and she in turn bails out Bruce. Inspired to be a comedian herself, she teams up with the Gaslight employee Susan Meyerson, who is played by. Um, uh, I was going to say Rosie O'Donnell, but it's fucking Alex Borstein. <laughs> uh, a more talented Rosie O'Donnell. A much more talented Rosie O'Donnell is uh, Alex Borstein. Yeah. Um, after Midge and her two children move in with her parents, Rose and Abe, she lands a job in the cosmetics department at B. Altman, a high-end department store. In addition to an income, the job provides material for Midge's act. <laughs> ah, excuse me. Midge uh, visits New York clubs to study other comedians. Uh, she meets top comedian uh, Sophie Lennon, who is completely unlike her frumpy onstage character. Sophie advises Midge to develop her own stage persona, but Midge prefers performing as herself. 
Um, after Mitch disparagingly reveals in her act that Sophie is actually a wealthy, snobbish socialite, she soon finds herself blacklisted from her club in the city. However, with Susie and Lenny's help, uh, Midge performs again and perf- proves she has what it takes to be a professional comic. Um, Joel secretly watches her act and de- dejected realizes she is truly talented. After trying out numerous stage names, Midge settles on calling herself Mrs. Maisel. Um, I haven't gotten to see uh, season two. It seems like it's kind of slowing down. The best parts of this whole TV show are the first the first six episodes. Yeah. Because it's pretty much after that, it's just her, you know, learning the craft. Yeah. Not to say that it's not great, but the beginning of these shows is, is where it's at because you get to see how quick she is. And there's a, there's a scene where her husband, Joel, is, um, is, is getting ready to go on stage. And this is right before they break up. And, and he finally confesses to her that she that he's stealing Newhart's stuff. Yeah. Well, that's not. Well, he he confesses to her after she finds out. She's like, I just I was just watching uh, Ed Sullivan and and Bob Newhart was on and he was doing your material. He's stealing your material. <laughs> and he's like, No, 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 no. I'm I'm stealing his material. Everybody does it, right? Yeah. Everybody. Carlos Mencia. Um. <laughs> and and he's like, and she. He had also had asked her to bring a, co- a coat for him, for you know, like a, a dress coat. Yeah. So, because the one that he was wearing was, you know, awful or didn't match or whatever, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, but the coat that she brings him, or the scarf or whatever she brings him, has holes in it. And he's looking at, it, he's like, this this goddamn coat's got holes in it. She's like, yeah. So, no one's gonna see it. You're gonna be on stage. It's dark. You're wearing dark clothes. It's fine. He's like, well, what what would cause holes in it? She's like, a moth. You know, moths, moths eat clothes. And she goes, and he goes, moth? She goes, Steve. Steve the moth <laughs> decided to eat all your clothes, and then he left. He's like, who the fuck is Steve? What is it? Was Steve, Steve, now it's Steve the moth? Yeah. And she's like, don't worry about it. Just go in, right? So she was just like quick on the punchline with that. So he goes in, and he does this. He does this act, and it's it's. I can't remember the the exact act that Bob Newhart did, but it wasn't a telephone thing, right? But it's just Bob Newhart. But he he's so off on his timing, you know. Uh, um, to go back to last night, which is a, a knock. Yeah, who's, knock. <laughs> who's there? Orange, orange. Who? Aren't you glad I didn't say banana? <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like yeah. that. Just awful, awful. And timing is off and everything else. He he just he doesn't have it. He's not funny. Yeah. And then and so he's doing the Bob Newhart act. And then finally he's, he's like, I'm going to tell the joke about Steve the moth. But he does it in the slow way. He's like, so uh, I asked my wife to bring me my coat because uh, the one that I had just wasn't working. He just and, butchers uh, it. And uh, Steve, Steve the moth. So uh, she's standing there and I was like, why is there holes in my coat? And she looks at me and she goes, what? And I was like, there's holes in my coat. And she goes, oh, because Steve the Moth. But that wasn't even the joke, right? Yeah. It was like, there's holes in my coat. But the natural banter between them two before he gets on stage, yeah. that's what makes it great, is that when he, you can tell that he's nervous. I mean, he's faking nervous being on stage. Yeah. But the natural banter between the two when they're outside, and he's like, Steve, Steve, who? Steve, who the fuck is Steve the Moth? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and then he goes on, on stage and just kind of, and then uh, I said, uh, who's Steve? And then it just kind of cuts from there. I, I wonder what's more sad, someone who has no humor in them at all or someone who really loves humor but has no 
good way to deliver it. Yeah, well, it takes time and practice, and he's he's not doing either. Yeah, you know, he just thinks that comedy is just comes easy. natural. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a couple of highlights. Uh, Tony Shalhoub plays Abe Weissman, who is the um, the father of Midge. Uh, Midge, yeah. And uh, I am Midge. And uh, Kevin Pollock, who plays Moishi, who is the father of Joel. <laughs> the, and uh, Kevin Pollock's character Moishi owns Maisel and Roth Garment Company and is Joel's father. Uh, Tony Shalhoub plays Abe, a mathematics professor at Columbia University who everyone fears, you know. Yeah. And, again, absolutely astounding performances from those two. But there's one guy that really, really everybody needs to look at. His name is Luke Kirby. And he's gonna, he plays Lenny Bruce, who, if you guys know who Lenny Bruce is, in case you don't. Lenny Bruce. He was a, a definitely an inspiration for uh, Clay, wasn't he? Clay? Andrew Dice Clay. He was an inspiration for everybody. Well, yeah. He I was renowned for his open, freestyle, and critical form of comedy, which in- integrated satire, politics, religion, sex, and vulgarity. Um, if you, you know, Dennis Leary, uh, Bill Hicks. Um, Sam Kinison. Everybody. 1964, convicted in an obscenity trial, was followed by a posthumous pardon, the first in history of New York State by then-Governor George Pataki. Uh, Lenny Bruce is renowned for paving the way for outspoken counterculture comedians, and his trial for obscenity is seen as a landmark for freedom of speech. Um, Rolling Stone magazine ranked him third behind Richard Pryor and George Carlin. Um, Essentially, every comedian from Eddie Murphy to George Carlin, including, uh, you know, uh, singers yeah. were influenced by Lenny Bruce. That's, that's his impact. Um, you can mostly see it in Bill Hicks though. Like Bill Hicks is like, was the, um, the logical sequel yeah. to Lenny Bruce. And, uh, that's, that's, that's what makes, I mean, he, everybody still talks about, look, you want impact culture. Lenny Bruce is still talked about today. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, so, so is George Carlin, but Lenny Bruce died. Jesus, when did he die? He died. Oh, 1966. 53 years ago. Yeah. He died 50 plus years ago. That's amazing. Yeah. And people still talk about him in reverential tones like Jesus, you know, like he's like he's God. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Eric Clapton or or um, Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, you know. Yeah. Uh, the, the singer for the doors, Jim Morrison. Yeah. Uh, any of those cats that died at an early age, Stevie Ray Vaughan, stuff like that. Yeah. James Dean. And if your impact is such that people can talk about you for 50 years after your death, you're real good. <laughs> Leave them wanting more. Exactly. <laughs> so um, I highly recommend this. Uh, we're getting away from reviews. We're, I know Joe went long on the uh, the documentary review. Yeah. I let him go long because he, I wanted him to talk about that. But, um, I found it. I found it disgusting and interesting yeah. that th- th- this family let their daughter be abducted by the same man twice, and I really wanted him to just to talk about that. Um, but generally from now on, all of our stuff is going to be, we're going to highlight. Yes, no, We're going to talk off. about yeah. the stuff that we like. <laughs> uh, not necessarily the stuff that we don't like, but the stuff that we like and maybe the stuff that we don't like. Um, after this, after this podcast, I just want to let everybody know that because look, I've been bitching about this a long, long time and, um, we, 
Reviews are garbage. <laughs> I'd rather just talk about the movie and then have someone, and then if that influences someone to go see the movie, then fine. That's 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 when um, that's when we've done our job. Yeah, absolutely. So pretty much, yeah. We'll just I, I, maybe we'll even get rid of the number scale. Just uh, yeah. No, I don't want to do number scales either. Recommend, just, don't recommend. Yeah. Don't don't waste your time seeing this or absolutely go see this. Yeah, or wait for video. Yeah. 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 Just, yeah. So um yes. The uh Jeez. the the full on Hellboy trailer came out and uh you know, I'm a little mixed about it. I, I have hopes but I'm mixed. Do you want to watch it again? I it's up to you, man. I, I mean I, I still like the first one, you know, the, the teaser trailer that had the uh the money money version, you know. The uh the Billy Idol mo- money money, which I fucking hate that song, but that trailer made it work. Why do you hate that song? I just have never been. There's certain songs that have always bugged me, and that song has always bugged me. Footloose used to bug me when I was younger. Now I love I Footloose. I love Kenny Loggins. I love Footloose now, but I used to fucking hate that song. I'm all right. <laughs> that don't nobody worry about me. <laughs> Meet me halfway. I sing like, like I sing that, but where's oh I don't have the sound on. Why? Because of you and your strong right hand. Hey! I'm on your side! Sorry, my bad. Yeah, see, this is not the trailer that I said. I specifically <laughs> looked for trailer two. Come on. Uh, it's so contrived if you think about it. I mean, this guy's a fucking SWAT sniper, and yet he misses him from that, that, that distance. <laughs> This is the one that we watched. On an island off the coast of Scotland, something was summoned from the depths of hell. Something that would end mankind. Something. What about it? Show up. Oh, yes. You did. We face every threat there is, and yet you take me in. Hello, son. You made me a goddamn weapon. Where's my fucking violin? Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Out there, there's a fifth-century sorceress who wants to bring down the curtain on London and the world. Great homework. Why do you fight for those who hate and fear you? You are meant for this. Out of the ashes. I'd appreciate a prophecy with more relatable stakes. Haven't we got to be saving the world or something? No, yeah, okay, come on. Let's get your face on. Yeah, come on, let's do
we do, but it's not gonna work, you know, because I'm a Capricorn and you're fucking nuts! Well, David Harbour might have a good year this year. He may. He's got Stranger Things season three coming out on Fourth of July, and he he might have a good year. <laughs> might <laughs> might. Um, I'm actually okay. So we we watched this yesterday, and then we did some research on it. Yeah. So Hellboy, the new Hellboy movie is based off of Hellboy's early adventures before um, the Guillermo del Toro stuff. Yeah. So it's. Why they're doing kind? Of, they're not doing an origin story, but they've got. I guess they got to just kind of go back and I think a little flashbacks is probably going to be. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm fine with that. But after doing, after we were doing some more research on this, because yeah. there was one point where I'm, I'm I was watching the the trailer and I I sat up and I'm like, oh what? And it there's a scene where you see this like Howl's Walking Castle. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, no fucking way. And instantly, I, I recognized what it was. It's Baba Yaga's hut. <laughs> now, Baba Yaga is is a is a witch. is a is a Russian witch. Baba Yaga. No, that's not fucking John Wick. It's not the <laughs> boogeyman. Baba Yaga is a witch. It's not the boogeyman. It's the man who you sent to kill the fucking boogeyman. Right. And then that's not Baba Yaga. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, as as I was as I was reading through it, I'm like, okay, so what does this have to do with the story? So I just, we started going back and looking it all up. So this this movie, uh, Rise of the Blood Queen or the Blood Queen or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, Hellboy the Blood Queen, um, is based off of three different Hellboy comics. And so I started we started going through it, and one of them is about giants. One of them is about you know the um, the deer the, uh, the deer people. Yeah, the the deer people. <laughs> uh, the antelopers, the Colossus or whatever it is. Yeah, the antelopers, um, and. We, uh, as as we had watched the trailer again, yeah. there's a there's a warthog who is the, you know it's based off of a, a a bad guy a god you know um g word I can't like Gaumash or whatever it is mm-hmm. and then you have Hellboy's friends um, it's not Liz and Abe it's um, if you've watched uh, if you watch the Hellboy animated series hold on a second I will. If, but if you watched, um, here it is, it's just called Hellboy 2019. <clears throat> Sasha Lane plays Alice Monahan. If you've watched, like I said, Hellboy Blood and Iron or the, the other one, yeah. um, Alice Monahan shows up in that, and it's kind of a strained relationship. And she also shows up in some of the other stuff, which means uh, she's a woman of Irish descent who retains some magical abilities after she was kidnapped by fairies as a baby. Hellboy had rescued her from being kidnapped by the fairies, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Um, Mia Jovovich plays the blood, the queen of blood. Now this is really cool. I didn't know that Nimu or Nimu is the lady of the lake. Huh. Which King Arthur. Yeah. Which is fucking cool because now that adds another level to it. Right. Yeah. And this all takes place in merry old England. And then we have, uh, uh, Daniel day Kim who plays, um, Ed's, Ben Damio, yeah, Ed Screen was going to originally play the, but then when he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Fran- he, Francis was originally going to play him, and then he bowed out when he found right. out he was Japanese. Yeah, and and then uh, this this character Ben Damio, he's also in Blood and in Blood and um, Iron. Yeah, or the other one, one or the other. <laughs> Iron and Stone, Blood and Fucking Guts. I don't. Yeah, 
No, there's two of them. There's blood and iron, and then there's the other one. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. But the one thing that really kills me is this. We finally get to see the screen debut of one of the greatest named characters ever, Lobster Johnson. If you are not familiar with who Lobster Johnson is, he's a fictional character um, in Hellboy and Bureau for Paranormal Research and Defense comic books. With the Hellboy universe, the lobster was a vigilante who worked in secret in New York City during the 1930s. Although the public believes that lobster was the only hero of pulp, was only the hero of pulp and serial comics, he was a real man who faced gangsters as well as paranormal threats. The lobster had a reputation for violence, such as killing and burning uh, his trademark lobster claw symbols into their forehead with the palm of his gloved hand. The behavior was similar to Marvel UK comic book character Night Raven and uh, the pulp magazine hero, The Spider. Um, when you said Lobster Johnson, all I could picture was that big lobster fucking guy from um, the first episode of uh, One Punch Man. <laughs> no. Um, he's one of my favorite characters because he's kind of like he's kind of he's kind of like um, um, the spirit meets Batman. OK. Uh, he was in Hellboy, uh, Hellboy Blood and Iron. Uh, has a cameo in the second animated film during a flashback scene showing Hellboy's birth and Malcolm Frost's reaction to the creature. After the credits, there's a teaser for the unproduced third film, The Phantom Claw, um, where he would have helped Hellboy and Kate Corrigan in battling the ghost of Rasputin. Johnson was going to appear in Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, but was cut due to Mike Mignola's wish to remain true to the character's origin. Guillermo del Toro, however, stated that Johnson would have appeared in the unmade Hellboy 3 and that he wanted Bruce Campbell to play him. Um, and he's obviously going to be in this movie. So so there's probably a little... That's probably why... Uh, Joe and I have a theory on on uh, Guillermo del Toro and why uh, they didn't want him for Hellboy 3, but uh, only in a producer credit. Yeah. Because he was changing too much and Mignola was getting annoyed. Yeah. And Mignola is... One of those cats that you have to do a lot to really piss them off. Um, I wouldn't say pissed, but when when you when it's his baby, yeah, and you're doing something that you want to do, and he wants you to do it this way, yeah. I don't know. I would listen to the guy that that fucking runs the, the franchise. Much. You know. I'll tell you what, though, when if you think about all the things that it takes to get a movie made, um, the fact that they were even able to do two Hellboy movies <laughs> is amazing. Because of you know uh, the, those films didn't make as much money as, as the studios were hoping for. Right, but the oh uh, here it is a Grugach Grugach that's it warhog like creature that is loyal to Nimru. Um, that's that's the um, that's that's one of the characters we mm-hmm. have. Uh, Brian Gleason as Merlin, and then you have uh, uh, Lady Hatton. Let's see, Ganeda, an elder witch who has decided that Nimru's wrath has gone on too long and must be stopped. Um, I, I would assume that's probably. Baba Yaga or something along those lines but <laughs> um as far as uh, getting the movie uh, a movie developed and stuff like that look it shouldn't have taken that long no yeah no it shouldn't have i mean as as soon as as soon as the um as soon as Guillermo del Toro was out of the picture all of a sudden we have a Hellboy movie yeah hmm hmm yeah it sucks cuz i loved his style man but and i i loved the actors that they used but yeah whatever it after my, <coughs> sorry. After my expectations have uh, gone away now, after seeing these trailers multiple times, I actually, I actually think that it might actually might, might be good. Yeah, um, I'm kind of looking forward to it now. After uh, mm-hmm. after doing some research on everything that's going on, so um, we'll go from there. Yep, absolutely. All right. All right.
All right. So, for our YouTube uh, fan film of the week. What? What? You, you just can't hide? fucking segue into it? <laughs> <laughs> You're such a douche. Oh, well, let's see. Uh, uh, it's it's not that difficult. Hellboy is considered sci-fi horror. Really? Are you going to... Are you going <laughs> to... No. I will fucking put you on pause, bro. <laughs> like, seriously. How would I, I wonder how would I segue? Well, since Hellboy's a monster, let's no, it's <laughs> it's this is really simple. How am I going to segue? Let's overthink everything. I, <sighs> that's what I do. Instead of just going, oh, so our YouTube fan film review of the week, like segue into it from our, Hellboy to fucking Star Wars. All right. So we go from no, you suck, you suck. <laughs> we go from hell to a galaxy far, far away on YouTube. No. <laughs> so yes, our YouTube fan film of the week is going to be And you still went right to the same old shit. Yeah, that's right. Went right to it. It's called Birth of a Monster. You you you're fucking pathetic. I know. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So, uh you have been uh, recommending these every week and so far you have not disappointed. I've been lucky. <laughs> I've been lucky. Even the 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 Ghostbusters ones weren't bad, you know. I mean, they're entertaining. We're we're watching fan films. I yeah. mean, we're not watching, you know, fucking Spike Lee movies or or Spielberg. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was just reading something. <laughs> it's not just that. I, I, it, there's a whole bunch of stuff that, um, Hollywood movies. That's what I was trying to say, but I couldn't get it out. Um, and then you have you have these awesome YouTube fan films, and some of them. Some of them are trying to make money off of, yeah. like, but the ones that we've watched so far, uh, obviously, like Ghostbusters, um, was was done by high school. Never hike alone. Um, <laughs> the uh, yeah, never hike alone. Um, we had the Darth Vader. Yeah, I was, uh, uh, but Moon Knight. Yeah, Moon Knight was. Yeah, was so. Was, yeah, so far, man. We, these are these are really cool. And this one right here, Birth of a Monster. It is. Uh, it, it's definitely top notch when it comes to fan film you know it's uh it's slower than than uh than the darth vader one that we watched but it makes up for the lack of action with with character development and just i mean the whole time i'm watching it i felt like i was watching star wars like this is you know the the camera angles the the you know uh the the filming well, let's, location let's let's really not i mean come on what for the most part, I, for the most part, I, f- I felt like I was like, well, felt like it was definitely part of Star Wars. It, you know what I mean? It, it, yeah, yeah. No, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I was just like, eh. it didn't feel okay. You know, like when we were watching the Ghostbusters one, and you know, it's just it's just a goofy little kid, you know, student film, right? Okay. Yeah. No, I. I you, yeah. This you, what you're saying is yeah. it, it it immersed you into yeah. the universe. This could have just as well have been a webisode made by Lucasfilm or uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Or you know, or been like a you know an extra feature on the DVD for a movie that came out. You know? Right, right. So, um, the, even the music, the music was well cut and it fit perfectly. Yeah, um, there was some original stuff in there. Yeah, that was um, the visual effects for the most part. The visuals were used in a way that that complement the scenes. They they it wasn't you didn't see a shit ton of bad CGI. Most of it was like like out of focus in the background, so it didn't. It was look, still awful. There was a, there was a, yeah, it was a, bad a little bit, but it, it no it, no no not a little bit. It was bad. It was that bad to you? It huh? was awful. All right, well, but I I, I forgive things like that because mm-hmm. 
again, uh, it's a YouTube yeah. fan film. They're working with a limited budget. Yeah. Um, and the story's really good. You know, I mean, like it when was. you see when you see the skiff coming at you, it's yeah, that's bad. <laughs> uh, some of the makeup, like Bib Fortuna's makeup, is I, it's piled on too much. Uh-huh. It doesn't look right. But again, I, I forgive it because of the effort that they put into doing this. Yeah. You know, the Rancor monster that they used, you mm-hmm. could tell was the puppet when it opened its mouth and stuff like that because you could see the stretchy little, the, the plastic stretch yeah. right there. Um, <coughs> but again, I'm not looking at this for critic stuff. I'm looking at this because I want to see what they can do. Yeah. You know, are those are those massive failures on this part of the YouTube movie? No. No, this is, all. The, this, is the, this is the other end of the spectrum. This is... Yeah, this is this is a learning thing. This yeah. is, it's like watching um, Troopers. Remember when Troopers came out? You know, the the cops version of Star Wars Imperial Stormtroopers. Yeah. Do you remember that at all? It's been a long time. So no. <laughs> Why can't you just say no? Because sometimes I just you know I'll just yeah sure just say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't remember. <laughs> okay. Back in the nineties, mm-hmm. maybe early two thousands, there was. There was this uh, series of fan f- videos made by this one guy, and he did it based off of cops called Troopers. Huh. And it was hilarious. That that does sound pretty fucking funny. I don't think I've ever heard of that. Jesus Christ. Where the fuck have you been for the last 20 years? I, I had a shitty marriage. <laughs> that's, that's not an excuse. And then I was recuperating for the last decade. I think it's called <laughs> Troops. I was finding myself. Found him. Star here Wars. It is right here. We'll just fucking. No, sell it. Are you kidding me? I got fucking gypped on that one. <laughs> Viewer discretion is advised. Is this supposed to be Uncle Owen and with the men of the Imperial Forces. All suspects are guilty, period. Otherwise, they wouldn't be suspect, would they? <laughs> Do it. So you can see the... It's good, but I mean, you can see the... Six years ago, I can remember as a kid, you know, watching the holographic images and holographic. about the new direction that the uh, galaxy was taking. Galaxy. So when I was older, so when I, did I this, uh, went down to the local recruitment center, you know, and signed we were up. about the bone. And I've been here at uh, Tatooine ever since. Most people would call this the ass end of space, but <laughs> I like the small town feeling you get around here. I mean, we know everybody, everybody, and I feel I can really make a difference here. We got a uh, routine stop here. We have a report of some stolen droids. And, uh, we think these might be it. We think these might be it. Excuse me. 
Excuse me. Uh, you want to come over here, please? Tom Servo. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Uh, whose droid is this? Uh-huh, it's your cousin's. Is this your cousin? Is this your cousin? Are you his cousin? No? Okay, then who are you? Ah, oh, you're his friend. Well, Mr. Friend, would you uh, step over there for a moment, please? Okay, so the uh, droid belongs to your cousin. Now, if I go over to that sand crawler over there and ask to see your cousin, is he going to have a bill of sale for this? Okay, well, what I'm going to do now, sir, is place you under imperial arrest so we can only help... Hey, am I talking to you? Am I talking to you? Then stay over there and shut your mouth. Now, if you move again, I'm uh, going to shoot you. <laughs> no. Yeah, I I'm uh, going to shoot you. I got a wife and kids, too, but you don't see me out here stealing imperial droids, now, do you? Yeah, sure, you'll never do it again. He's making a run for it! had stolen some imperial property and it unfortunately turned violent these jawas do this kind of stuff all the time picking up you know stray droids and selling them off to the highest paid customers <laughs> well we didn't find the droids we were looking for but we did find one that a kid had reported stolen so he and his parents are going to come down to the detention center and uh, pick it up well yeah, I'll bet they'll be happy yep that's what it's all about. Well, you got a call to check out this domestic dispute. Now, supposedly the husband said something to their kid, and now the wife thinks that he's run off. You know, um, supposedly one of them is intoxicated and one of them is injured. Now, we're familiar with this couple. You know, this is not the first time we've been out here, so we're going to see if we can straighten this whole thing out. Well, what's the proper? I've had it. Uh -huh. I've had it with him. Uh -huh. He keeps lying to Luke and me, and now Luke's run off uh -huh. and hasn't come back. That's ridiculous. Hey, I'll talk to you in a second. Right now, I'm talking okay, to your wife, okay, all right? Okay, okay. And Luke's probably dead now because of you. Now, Baru, just calm down. Calm down, okay? Now, do you want to be arrested? Well, if you keep this up, that's just what I'm going to have to do. You don't want that, do you? No. Okay, then. Are you going to calm down? Okay, good. Why don't you start over? Well, yesterday, Luke comes in and says, I think these droids... Now, now Luke's your boy. My nephew. Uh -huh. Anyway, he says, I think these droids we bought might be stolen. Uh -huh. And then he says, well, I don't care. Uh -huh. Your only concern is to get them working. And Luke is like, I want to go to the academy. Uh -huh. And he says, well, I need you for the harvest this year. And then he starts talking about Obi-Wan and his father. I did not. Yes, you did. Uh. Yes, you did. You're just lying. You're always lying to him. You never tell him the truth about him or his sister. Drew, shut up. No, I'm tired of oh. shutting up. You shut up. Well, you can both shut up or spend a night in the detention area. All right? All right? Now, look. What do you want to do now, Baru? Baru, what do you want to do now? I don't know. Okay, now, see, that's wrong. What do you mean you don't know? You obviously have a problem. Otherwise, we wouldn't be I don't have a problem. <sighs> Baru, come here. Do you see his ear? How it's cut like that? No, it didn't get that way by itself, did it? 
And you did that, didn't you? Yes, yes, you did. Now, see, that tells me you have a problem. And when we get called in, then it becomes our problem. Remember yeah, but that? he was the one who started uh, now, it. Now, wait a second, Brew. I'm talking. I listen to you. Now, you listen to me. That's how this works, okay? Now, are you going to listen to me? Yes. Uh-huh. Sure you are. Now, how many times have we been out here, Brew? A lot, huh? We know the way by heart. What did I tell you last time? I don't know. You don't know or you don't remember? I don't know. Baru, what do you want to do? I want you to arrest him. And you will big time. I can't arrest him. He hasn't done anything. If there's anybody I should be arresting, it should be you for assault. Baru, you have two choices here. And yelling and arresting him are not two of them. Now, you can stay here or we can take you to an Imperial shelter. What do you want to do? Baru, what do you want to do? Do you want us to take you somewhere tonight? Huh? Do you? Yes. Okay. Now, do you need to get anything? Some clothes or something? Yes. You'll, you'll find Luke, won't you? Yeah, yeah. Luke's we'll find Luke. Right. Yeah. He's just working. Oh, man. But, uh, see, the wife is under the delusion that their nephew ran away, mm. right? And, and she's blaming the husband. He's saying that the kid left early to fix a couple of condensers and that the stress of the past week has just, you know, gotten to him. Mm -hmm. So we're just going to separate him for the night because if we have to come out here again... Tell me something I don't know. I'm telling you. Ready to shoot them both. Yep, right there with you. Look, she's been under a lot of stress lately. Uh -huh. We lost a couple of our hired hands uh -huh. and... I don't know, just got carried away a little bit. Uh, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But right now, I think the best thing for both of you is to get some distance from each other for a couple yeah. of days. Yeah, I've been telling her, telling uh, her, and yeah, yeah, telling yeah. her she needs some help. Uh, I've been telling her for right. a long time. Oh, well, this is probably the best thing for her right now, you know what I mean? Just leave it alone, let it be. Fine. Yeah. You should really have someone look at that ear. I'll be fine. Mm, okay. <laughs> Things got a bit nasty here. I mean, it's unfortunate, but it was almost expected with these people. But, you know, I mean, the farmers out here are having a bad season. Tempers are high, and it's just bad for everyone. The important thing now is that we find their nephew, uh, Duke, and make sure he's okay. Hey, did did she say they just bought some stolen droids or something? <laughs> yep. Yep, 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 yep. Damn shame. A domestic shame. dispute. So yeah, uh, ninety-seven. That that didn't look bad at all. No, holy shit, that was yeah. Uh, Kevin Rubio really did a hell of a job with doing this stuff. I can't remember what is he doing now. Here we go. Um, oh wow, I didn't know that. Uh, Rubio wrote and directed reanimation and animated Frankenstein short that attracted the attention of Fox Kids. Based on the strength of the short, was hired to design animated characters for their Saturday morning lineup and headed up their cell animation art department. He produced his first feature film, The Low Budget Moves Till Dawn, and then the Internet Troops of Star Wars Cops parody uh, that has been created, uh, credited with starting the Internet short film craze. Um, it was recognized later on by Lucasfilm with the Pioneer Award at the 2002 Official Star Wars Fan Film Awards. Hmm. He's made a living free as a freelance writer and uh, award-winning promotion producer and has written books for Dark Horse, uh, Star Wars Tales lines, 
Uh, Lucasfilm asked Rubio to create a two-part original comedic story for the Star Wars comic line, and he delivered Tag and Bank Are Dead, which has gone on to critical and financial success. Uh, his compilation trade paperback Tag and Bink were here was named one of the top trade paperbacks of 2006. And what you didn't know is um, in the solo movie, Tag and Bink are in it, but they had cut that scene out. Oh. So if you have the uh, DVD, yeah. you can see the extras and stuff like that. Yeah, I've got the Blu-ray for it. Yeah, so um, he's done Alien Hunter for Sci-Fi Channel, Colossor, a pilot for MTV, Action Man for Kids, Fox Kids, Stormwatch, and, uh, which was a pilot for USA Network, was inducted in the five or whatever. Um, oh, uh, in 2015, Rubio released a film titled Akbar's Eleven. <laughs> Got to put that on the list. <laughs> okay, uh, then we are going to do that. So there you go. All right. So uh, that was Troops. That's fucking awesome, man. I, I dude, I've never seen that nor heard of it. Of course, there are billions of videos on YouTube, right? <laughs> yeah, um, billions and billions, um, billions of show. So, all right. <clears throat> the second full trailer for Shazam came out, and uh, you know what, man? I, I, when the first trailers came out, I was excited because of just the humor, you know, poking fun at itself kind of thing. But I'm not sure how much I'm really gonna like Shazam. Why? Because it's DC, and it looks like. My my worry is that the first film is going to try to be really really super funny, and then the second half is going to be it's going to contrast and get super serious and 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 you know, and it's just gonna it's gonna fail. I I tend to agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the well the problem again that we've had this discussion before and we will continue to have this 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 go huh, talk yeah <laughs> this is like Porky Pig did it talk um which comes down to the person that's running DC movies DCEU if you want to call it yeah but, you know the 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 Kevin Feige of DC. Is not doing a a good enough job. How many, how many movies? Let's we're gonna exclude all the Batman movies. You know whether you liked them or not, that has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. We're talking about actual DC movies that they're trying to compete with Marvel. D and the Batman movies are not competing with Marvel as well as the first two Superman movies. Yeah, because the other two Superman movies don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, Man of Steel. And, and and Batman versus Superman and those are are the actual those are the ones that are trying to compete with Marvel. So yeah, like I said, well, the the Christopher Nolan stuff we keep out of it because that's kind of um, Se- its kind own like thing, separate ent- entity. Yeah, yeah. And um, what 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 have you got? You got Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, Suicide Squad, Aquaman, um, Man of Steel, Su- uh, Batman versus <laughs> Superman, Superman Returns. Oh, Justice League. Fuck. See, it's. Not even memorable, dude. It's just, yeah. But I mean, when, when when you when you sit down and you think about it, what it comes down to is th- there's no real. Well, there's one standout. It's Wonder Woman. Yeah. Right? Other than that, there's no real. There's no real direction. It's like this podcast, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, when it comes right down to everything that we've we've talked about for this, like Aquaman was okay, it wasn't great, you know, it was a fun movie. Yeah, it was. It was a fun movie. Um, it didn't suck. No, I was I was entertained. But therein lies the problem. Like if you 
put these up against the Marvel stuff, which is they, which is what they want to do. You yeah. know, put it up against the Marvel stuff. Name one DC film that, with the exception of Wonder Woman, that can compete with any of the Marvel stuff. Can't. And why is that? There's no organized vision with it. It's just all scattershot. It's all just well. Let's try this. Let's try that. It's like they just keep throwing shit against the wall and nothing's really sticking. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Um, the the other thing is is that Marvel gives the fans what they want. Mm-hmm. DC gives gives the fans what they want them to see. Yeah, you know. I'm waiting for a, a, another robotic spider to show up. Yeah, it's it, there's there's nothing about the DC movies, like I said, with the exception of Wonder Woman, because that's there's always an exception. Yeah, there's nothing about the DC list this, or or universe right now that tells me that DC is interested in giving the fans what they sh- they deserve and it's all about giving the fans what DC wants to give them yeah. which is this new 52 bullshit I'm sorry look give the fans what they want once you start doing that you never fucking have a problem again yeah just do it base it off of like Gotham by Gaslight. You can do that stuff. You can do The Killing Joke, which is what I think they're doing with the Joker movie. Yeah, with Joaquin uh, Phoenix. Yeah, and then um you can do you can do a whole bunch of shit. You can do Nightfall, you can do Hush. Hush, you can do yeah. um the the Superman Red Sun. Yeah. But they're doing that in con- in, in cartoon form. And even then, you could take the cartoons and mash them all together. Give us Clayface, give us all the all the dumb the the dumb and the good ones, you know. I want to see a reign of the Superman. Uh, kind of. I um, they've already done that with, with in the uh, in the cartoon. Yeah, they have the animated films. Yeah, it's politically correct version of cartoon. <laughs> but yeah, they've they've done that. They've done the reign of the Superman. Superman lives. Um, again, there's some things about it that I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't like the Jim Lee stuff. Because I mean, I like Jim Lee as an artist. He's one of my favorite artists, but his art doesn't translate well into animation. It's it's too much. Okay, like bring back the Bruce Tim style. Yeah, you know, you could go a little. You can go a little bit more towards the if if you did something in between Bruce Tim and Jim Lee, that would be fine too. But when when you're trying to do too much realism in an animated movie. It 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 pulls everything out of it. You, you, it pulls the the viewer out of this whole thing, you know, because you have the rippling muscles and this and that and the other thing, and and then and then you look at the Bruce Tim stuff and you're like, I, and then you just get pulled into it. Yeah, you know, because you, you're not you're not focusing on any one aspect of of what's going on on the TV. You're focused on the whole thing. Yeah, because you're not pulled away because of the art details the in the same thing with um if you watch remember you know dark knight when the dark knight returns when you, you had to watch it multiple times just to see everything that was going yeah. on but when you watched it that first time you weren't focused on just one aspect of it you were watching the whole thing yeah you know and you're like oh my god this is fucking beautiful like you know uh, in the first part with with two-face right and he's going to blow up that he's going to blow up the building right yep and you see the bat signal on the building in and of itself just like in the comic and that you know it 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 and it ties how it ties everything together you're not like i said you're not focused on the minute details because you don't need to be and i think that's where they lose it in some of the later animated movies they're trying too much to give detail instead of doing the story yeah 
<laughs> and and that's again what's going on with the 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 movie universe. Too much detail, not enough story. You know, if you're gonna do Batman, you know, The Dark Knight Returns, and the, and the only scene that you're gonna do from The Dark Knight Returns is him fighting Superman, you've lost. Yeah, you, you you've you've lost because you have no direction. And then when you have when you do the Justice League, and, <laughs> or when, when Dawn of Justice or whatever it is. Yeah, it was Batman v Superman was Donald Justice. Yeah. yeah. Um where you cram like five storylines into one film. Yeah, but when when you do the Justice League and then the the whole climax of the movie is fucking you have to wait for Superman to come and defeat Steppenwolf, you've lost. Oh. <laughs> you've completely lost because n- nobody's going to believe that. Yeah. You have all these super-powered superheroes, but the only one that can be defeat Steppenwolf is Superman. No. No, it doesn't work that well, way. Well, he's kind of a messianic uh, character. No, not really. <laughs> but because I mean, they're not using they're they're not being smart about it. Yeah, you know, like we're not fans of Avengers: Age of Ultron, right? No, but it's, it's the weakest of the films. Yeah, but it's still fucking leagues better. But if you compare Avengers: Age of Ultron to Justice League, the the worst of the Marvel movie <laughs> against the 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 DC movie. The, the mediocre DC movie, Age of Ultron is is much better, and they were both done by Joss Whedon. Yeah. And there's, that's because, again, and I say this a lot, there's a certain attention to detail. Mm-hmm. Um, th- characters had to die for other characters to move in because we're going to see Quicksilver return here. Yeah. Um, you, there's going to be... Uh, there's there's going to be problems. Well, again, I'm not a fan of Joss Whedon. We know that. Yeah. But I and I think that part of the problem with Joss Whedon is that in his early work with Firefly and Buffy and stuff like that, he was just winging it and, and doing whatever, and and that's what made it good. And this one, there's just too much input, you know, with with Ultron and this and that, and so he has to he he wants to do his stuff. And then he has to incorporate all this other stuff. Yeah, because it was also trying to connect all to future shit. Too much future shit, you know. And it was, yeah, there was way too much to do in one movie. Which one? In in Ultron. Well, yeah, the Wakanda shit. You had, you know, Ulysses Claw. You know, so that was a future introduction to Black Panther. Stuff uh, yeah, but I mean, that's that's fine. It, that worked just fine. Uh, it didn't detract from the story. Well, also the the end battle was a rehash of what happened in the first Avengers movie. Yeah, and and again, I mean, I'm not I'm not happy with giant, you know, giant shockwave attacking fucking New York City, mm-hmm. like in Transformers. <laughs> it was the same thing from Transformers. It's just like why why is everybody doing this gigantic fucking penis thing attacking? You know, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the apple gets dicked. Yeah, and 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 then with the Ultron, I like the Ultron one because they use robots instead of you know. Giant alien Chitauri aliens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can, might as well call them scrolls now because that's what they're doing. Yeah. Chitari. They had to call it Chitari until they owned Fox. As soon as you notice, as soon as Fox, the Fox deal was pretty much done, they fucking put out that uh, Captain Marvel trailer, and the first thing she says, or the first thing that was said, was like, "So uh, you're here after the scrolls." I didn't know that. I Fox didn't... owned the name Scroll. I did not know that. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Okay. <laughs> Just like now they can actually cool. fucking say mutant in these movies now. Yep. So fucking mutant. Did you know that uh George <laughs> Lucas owns the uh the name droid? Really? Yep. George Lucas owns the patent to the name droid or owns the copyright. So 
So when Motorola introduced the droid, they had to pay him a royalty. Huh. Huh. They had to ask permission to use it. Like, he doesn't own Android because he can't own Android, but yeah. he owns droid. How it's, cool is that, huh? It's cool, but at the same time, it's like, how the fuck can you just own a word? You know, that it has every. You can't own a word. It has everything to do with context. Uh-huh. Droid in terms of robot. Yeah. Like, how can Roomba use the term iRobot when yeah. Philip K. Dick yeah. came up with it? So, um, anyways, that's that's neither here nor there with the uh, Marvels or with the, the DC stuff. So with Shazam, I um I I just I hope it's funny, but it looks like it might be trying to be too funny. Yeah, I and I'm right there with you. So I hope they strike a a, a good balance. We watched a, an animated piece that was that seemed to have been taken from the movie but it wasn't yeah. um where we meet Billy Batson and he's he's concerned or the the family that he's living with his adopted family yeah. is concerned that you know with all the abductions going on that where was he and th- things like that yeah. so he um he's like I'm not worried about it and then he sees something going on and this thing attacks him. He picks up a bat and he swings the bat. As soon as he swings the bat, he says Shazam and <laughs> fucking punches this thing into orbit. Yeah. Um, and then it ends with Shazam standing there. I, uh, I. There it, are some cool parts. There are definitely some some cool things. About well, yeah. Well, that was from the animated stuff. Uh-huh. Um, if they're if if it's going to be like that, okay, I can get behind it. But if if it's going to be like fucking, I'm trying to think of a. Of a superhero like Super Fuzz, you've never seen Super Fuzz. No, I've shown you the fucking the trailer. Super Fuzz, you've never seen Super Fuzz? No. <sighs> well, you can watch the you can watch it. Here's the trailer. Meet America's newest superhero, David Speed, Super Fuzz. He's a whiz in the pool hall. A marvel in the parking lot. And one of the best bullet catchers in the business. Meet Super Fuzz, <laughs> the craziest cop this side of Inspector Clouseau. Super Fuzz, a blockbusting. High-flying, water-walking, smooth-talking, fleet-footed, skydiving, hard-driving, crime-fighting, all-American hero, Super Fuzz, just for the fun of it. Just for the fuzz of it. Ernest Borgnine. So so the whole thing behind this is that he gets superpowers, but the color red. Uh-huh causes his super it's his weakness so it makes all the superpowers go away so like he'll be doing something and then like he'll see like a red stop sign as he's chasing after somebody and then all of a sudden like he'll trip and fall and massive carnage happens it's pretty fucking funny uh it's kind of stupid but it's funny i liked it um (laughs) so that's what that's about super fuzz that is fucking hilarious so if it it turns into super fuzz i'm walking out (laughs) so um i I've been waiting. I, I think you have too, because I think you've watched all, every episode. But at least once. Yeah, I, I've been. I've seen every episode of One Punch Man season one uh, at least twice, and that show is fucking hilarious. And season two has finally been announced. It's coming out on Hulu next month in April. I like, think. 
like, what's the fucking delay? You know, and it, it's not like there's not enough story. Have you been to the super? Have you been to the the, uh, the real original One Punch website? No, I haven't. Where you can look at his online stuff? No. Like s- season one, they follows the comic like, yeah. almost a hundred percent. So and there's like eight thousand fucking pages. Yeah. <laughs> and the first the the first season is only like. 40 or 50 pages yeah you know I'm, I'm i know i'm being facetious but there's there's a shitload of fucking pages there's you know um one punch man comic like you can see the there's a comic strip yeah um you can definitely there's the anime i believe you can find it on um oh god damn it it's uh <laughs> shit I, there it is right here. there's 12 volumes of one punch man Okay. And each one, well, there's more than 12 volumes. Hold on. There is uh, 15 volumes of One Punch Man. Hmm. That is a lot. So, and then each volume has uh, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, 20 pages per 20 times 11. Okay. So there, there, 20 times 11. Yeah. 2,200. Yeah. 2,200 pages. Is that right? 220? Yeah. Or yeah, two hundred twenty. Yeah. So yeah, it's um, yeah, I, I, the show is fucking entertaining. It's funny, and just to watch, you know, follow the main character going around and and just being so bored with everything. <laughs> it's and it doesn't matter how huge the villain is. It, it, it just one punch. It's fucking hilarious. I, I'm gonna have to watch the first season again. It's been so long, and I watched so many different shows that I I have to recap. With this shit, just like with Game of Thrones, I'm gonna have to rewatch all of Game of Thrones before that the the final season comes out next month. Why you can't remember what happened? Well, there's just a little thing. I've only seen every episode of Game of Thrones once, so I definitely need to you know go back. Like I said, there's a lot of shows I watch and I forget so much stuff because of it. So yeah, I believe uh, April 9th is when uh, season two is supposed to show up on Hulu. So get ready for that shit, man, because. I know I'll definitely be watching it. I am ready for... Do you have Hulu? No. Hmm. Yes. I don't know. (laughs) Well, you definitely have Amazon. I do. I have Amazon and I have... uh... (laughs) Sorry. Is that a show? Is that an actual show? (laughs) It's a comic. Um, They're on the nose with some of these titles. I swear to God. Just What do you mean they're on the nose? Japanese, like, uh, they just pretty much, like... They can tell you exactly what something is, which is the title. You know, there's no there's no secret yeah, to it. Yeah, because you know, it's really difficult to fucking title something fuck buddies. That that's what I mean. It's just right there on there. It, it, like One Punch Man. That the, it pretty much sums it up. He he's One Punch Man. It, you know? You have other shit where, you that know, That is what? You're not you're not getting what I'm saying, are you? The Japanese have a real distinct way of telling comics titles. Yeah, it's just right there, right on the fucking nose, like, like I said. That's, uh, fuck buddies is not right on the nose. <laughs> okay. he, he called it One Punch Man because that's he, he got tired of stupid superheroes having to punch each other to death. And he's just like, I just want to write something that's like, this guy is so powerful he can one punch them to death. Fine, okay, fuck buddies should technically, the Japanese title should be friends who uh, have uh, intercourse with each other. Would that be better? No, it's just dumb that you would say. That's just dumb. They have relations. That's stupid. You're, you're stupid. You're stupid. <laughs> I was trying to find the One Punch Man fucking uh, webcomic, but I can't find it. So, anyways, there's at least 220 pages in one volume. There's 15 volumes. 
14 volumes, whatever. Yeah. Do your math. That's yeah. that's 2,000 and then uh, another 880 pages. Eat your Wheaties. So there you go. All right. Uh, yeah, One Punch Man in April. Woo! Speaking of punching. Yes. Um, so how um, how big is Liam Neeson's cock? It's so big. <laughs> God. I, I, I think they've already used up all of them. <laughs> it's like Simpsons did it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I stay away from those because it's it, it's not ours. You know, it, it's so big he calls it Black Bastard. No, still too soon. No, it's just dumb. All right, so yeah, we uh, we went and saw Cold Pursuit, and I'm glad we did. Should have related it to something in the movie. You know, like it's so big that it has its own weather system. It's always it's always snowing at the tip. You can ski from his balls. Uh, whatever, ski jump, all this stuff. Could have just used the fucking movie for for a whole lot of Liam Neeson dick jokes. Well, fine. Do your thing. But you didn't. I know. I already did. I, I Look, I, I, I gave you the material. You do what you want with it. Do I have to do everything? Yes. All right. <laughs> so uh, you have to push when you're having sex? The only fucking movie that came out this week was goddamn Medea's Funeral. Ugh. And it's you know supposedly the final Medea film, right? Yeah, whatever. I hope they threw that bitch in the goddamn casket and closed it. <laughs> there's a scene. Oh damn! No, you didn't. There, there's a scene in the fucking new trailer uh-huh. where she said, where Tyler Perry, who's playing Medea, yeah. he said something as her, and it actually makes me laugh. Uh-huh. Like they're sitting in the car, he's like, she's like, oh dear, I don't know what happened there. You know, and it, just the delivery of the line yeah. makes me laugh every fucking time I see it. And I'm like, I can't really get mad at Tyler Perry for for yeah. for cracking for for Jesus Christ, he cracked a hundred million dollars yeah. basically on every film. Oh hell no. Yeah. Just by being a, a dumb I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm outrageous. I'm, there you go. I'm outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> which you know, they they do on Cleveland show, which is you know which is fucking awesome. It's 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 basically just, you know, a take on Tyler Perry's Medea, but yeah, <laughs> played by Kevin Michael Richardson, by the way. You know what? Look, I, I I'm not a fan of Medea, but I, every time I've seen Medea, every clip there's always something funny said. Yeah, something even in the Boo ones, the Halloween ones. Yeah, something that she says is just like, God damn, yeah. it's fucking stupid. It's funny. And, and you got to respect Tyler Perry because he'll do other things. I mean, he's been in. He was in uh, the. Uh, James Patterson movie. Um, oh, you uh, the um, yeah yeah. I know we, we replaced Morgan Freeman. Yeah, the Kiss of the Spider Girl or whatever. It was. I keep thinking it's John Wick. It is not. It's Cross or um, Alex Cross. Alex Cross. There yeah. we go. And um, he, he's he's really well. He was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He was actually pretty good in that. Yeah, as a uh, Baxter Stockman. Yeah, and but he looked really thin in that too. Mm-hmm. Like Tyler Perry's not a thin guy. So unless he's just you know. <laughs> Yeah, he's got the he's got the on. older Lawrence Fishburne head. Yeah, so when uh, when he played Baxter Stockman, I was like, "That's not Tyler Perry." <laughs> that ain't Tyler Perry. Is it Tyler Perry? That's not Tyler Perry. I don't know why we're talking about him, but anyways, long story short, with Tyler Perry, um, more power to that man. I mean, fuck yeah, he's milking it for all it's worth, man. I, props, like the I, dude's made a billion dollars for studios just based off Medea alone, <laughs> and the TV show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always forget about the shows he's got on, like, TBS and whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, Good do for you, him, man. Do your thing, Tyler that Perry. That dude was fucking homeless. 
Oh, that's right. And he was abused, too. By, I believe his father used to beat the shit out of him. Yep. He was abused and homeless, and look what he's turned himself yeah, into. Yeah, he used to fucking hide under the, 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 under the trailer house that they lived in. Yep. Good yeah. for him, man. I'm really proud. Yeah, good. Good on you, man. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Cold Pursuit. <laughs> All right, I'll clap, too. There we go. <laughs> so cold pursuit yes um so yeah we, the, we went and saw that because the, all that was fucking was medea's funeral that came out and we're uh, not medea fans yeah sorry yeah, yeah we're just sorry too, tyler we're just too white i guess you know so uh you said it <laughs> yeah we saw that and we're like oh hell no so, <laughs> oh, hell and no. i saw so i'm looking through the whole list of like possibilities and i see that there's a couple showings of cold pursuit at your theater so i'm like fucking hey let's you know? Dude, I want to see this when the first when it when it first came out. What movie came out that um, that weekend? I don't remember, but I I didn't know that you wanted to see it because I mentioned it. Did you? Because I it figured came out, it came out when How to Train Your Dragon came out. I figured you'd be like, oh, well, it's just going to be like you know, uh, nonstop or fucking uh, walk among Dude, the tombstones there's a, there's or a taken little fucking poster of a car impaled on a tree, uh-huh. three quarters of yeah. the way up. Yeah, and I said. I have to see that movie. Okay. And Dude, I've told you multiple times I wanted to see With that, that scene, I thought that he was going to pick a person up and fucking skin them with it. What? The tree the tree um, bark shredder thing? There's nobody around. Well, no, well, he, when he picked up the thing and shoved the, the, the tree through, there was all those people around. No, they were all dead. Well, I just... I, the I, only that, dude that was left alive was the chief, Wild uh, Bill Hickok. Did, that's just the gory thought that went in my head, because you know, I've watched all that Mortal Kombat shit. Well, it would have been expected. I mean, it's more like Fargo than anything else. Like, it would have been funny, like, if he left it running, and then the guy was running away and yeah. didn't see, and he slipped and went right into it, because <laughs> that would be a, a typical Fargo. But yeah. we got our payoff at the end of the movie. Yeah, absolutely. So that was... That was well worth so, it. So uh, that was your buddy back there in the wood chipper, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was a great fucking ending. Yeah, th- this movie, uh, I was thoroughly entertained from start to fucking finish, man. I-, I loved everything. I loved it. Their little announcement of every time someone died, you know, on the screen. And and the, the little symbols as well. So yeah. it would be Jew or or uh, Jewish or, or Christian whatever their or faith was yeah Indian or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah fucking cool <laughs> so man so well done you know and, and it seemed like every character in the movie had a had a part to play it wasn't any i don't think i can i don't think i can think of one wasted character in that film can you it, even no. even Laura Dern's character she could have been a waste you know and they didn't waste her well a lot of people thought that she was wasted but i i don't think she was wasted at all um, as uh, after we got home or after i got home because you don't live with me, so fuck you. <laughs> um, no, I live in a much better area. Yeah, that's true. You yeah. live in the area of homeless people just walk randomly into my house and that's sleep on right. my bed. That's right. Yeah, it's communal. Yeah. <laughs> it's not all secluded it's, like it's, up here. It's Joe's town, not Jonestown. <laughs> <laughs> Spiegelville. <laughs> yes. Or, uh, yeah, Spiegel Village. Lonesome town. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I had read a... I had, Read partial review. I didn't read a whole review, yeah. But partial review of um, how this critic didn't like it because Laura Dern's character was a fucking waste because she was only in like three scenes. But uh, and I, I I kept that out of my mind. I kept it in the back of my mind, but I kept it out of my mind because yeah. uh, again, I'm one of those guys that I don't I can read anything. Doesn't matter about the spoilers. It's the experience. Yeah, that's what I'm about. And I, when we went to watch the movie, you could see this. She was happy. And, and the way that he had described it pretty much was she's wasted because she doesn't talk much. They don't do anything much. And then you find out that it's the, the exact opposite, which is he doesn't talk much. Yeah. And she wants him to. And they have a good relationship. 
and then the 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 son dies, and then and then she just becomes distant, and like you know, and finds out that he doesn't know anything about their son, but he does. It's it, you know, it's just a different relationship. Yeah, and then she she feels she feels like shit. Because she didn't know anything about her son, and her husband didn't know anything about her son. But really, you don't, you're not going to know everything about one person. Um, it's just it's what they let in and what they give you. On top of that, you're going to have a different relationship with. Like I have a different relationship with you than you have with. Well, you had with your mom or your grandmother or your kids. Yeah. Right. Because, because, or you have with my mother, or or where, or whoever, right, yeah. or any of the people that we know, you know that uh, that any of the people that we know together, right? Yeah. And that's just the way it is. It's just yeah, it's subjective. Yeah, you know, some people are going to be more open mm-hmm. about stuff, um, or whatever. It, it, my point being is that as it goes on, she basically blames blames Liam Neeson. Yeah, for for all of this, it's stuff. like yeah, it's like pretty much she sees him as just a stone, like do something, right? You know, and he's not, you know, she doesn't see him doing anything, right? He's just leaving all the time, right? yeah. And I, I was waiting. You know, for, are you going to ask where I've been? I, yeah, I was waiting for that moment for him to just say, "Okay, I just went and killed two people." You know that they they they, they were involved with the killing of our son, right? You know, and uh, I, I found out they're involved with drugs, and there's fucking. Why, why uh, would why would you expect that out of the movie when you just when you literally watched him not say a goddamn word for the first eight minutes of the film? Because the movie does things that go away from predictability in a lot of parts, and so I was waiting for something else that I wouldn't expect to happen. Because you you were waiting for Liam Neeson just to open up. I just wouldn't doubt that, like just out of fucking nowhere, he just straight up says. You know, because I like, okay, when he kills the first guy, like the leader of the guys that killed his kid, you know, Spam or Speedo, Speedo, right? When he kills him, I didn't expect that because I I, I didn't know he was going to go up the ladder. I I thought that that, that, you know, he was going to fucking like, you know, I thought the guy was going to get away from him, like beat the shit out of Liam Neeson, you know, and then Liam Neeson's got to recover and then he's going to come back after him, you know, the same predictable shit. Right. And instead, right, because, you know, being a driver that that fucking takes care of gigantic six ton fucking snow plows. Yeah, I know he's got a special set of skills. I, I understand. All right. But it's gonna be easy to take down. I just I'm so used to predictability with, with movies like this that I I was expecting certain things. And I'm glad I, I I'm glad I was proven wrong. I, I'm so fucking glad that most things went in directions I didn't think that they were going to go into. No, I'm just I'm just of the dis I, I'm I'm kind of weirded out by the fact that you expected him to Start just opening up and talking to whoever about what's I going mean, on. I, I think that was the hopeful side of me of, of of like when it comes to like a relationship. You know, instead of seeing it just as a movie, as a relationship, like, dude, your wife is right fucking there. Talk to her. Tell her what the fuck is going on. That's not how relationships work. Oh, and they actually nailed it. That's this is how relationships really work. Well, and yeah, I mean that that's how a lot of um, marriages um, go when once they you lose a child is the, you know either the relationship gets stronger or you two fucking split apart, like, break apart. They're like it's like a ninety nine percent divorce thing, or they're already divorced. They're just living together out of habit. Yeah, it's so it's um yeah but yeah it's it's a high 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 divorce rate yeah. uh, if you lose a child yeah because usually the, the parents blame themselves and then it just it fucks everything up yeah, so and they don't want to deal with the other person yeah because also they look like that they look like their kid right and they're like i don't want to see my kids facing no. you every fucking day nope not true i uh, whatever i i don't want to get into the fucking psychology of it so. i'm living with it okay it's not true well hmm. 
Yeah, you okay. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of it more when it comes to when you divorce someone. Mm, mm, no, no. Yeah, whatever. All right. No, because I, I know people that are divorced and have kids that look like the significant other. Yeah. And and they're like, they've they've said he looks like he looks like the dad, or she looks like the dad, or mom, or whatever. And um, but I I got over that like the second day mm-hmm. because they're not. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyways. So yeah, uh, I I just also like the fact that the movie didn't follow Liam Neeson the entire time. Like at first, it you know the first half hour or so it's with Liam Neeson, but then it starts cutting off to other people. It cuts off to the, you know, Viking, you know, that villain. And then it cuts off. And I didn't like him. I, that was the only, the only fault of the movie. Uh-huh. I didn't care for him um, because I thought it was overplayed more than anything else. It seemed to me like he was a spoiled rich guy that just, was used to having everything the way that he wanted it, and when things didn't go the way he wanted to, he threw these little fits. Right, but again, I thought I don't. That's fine, but I, the the actor, yeah, overacted. <laughs> that's how I felt. Uh, okay, I can I can see it. I I am um, you know I I was entertained by him because of just how arrogant the fucker was. Oh yeah, he was a complete obnoxious twat. Yeah, you know, and and, and I love his comeuppance, you know, but but it, it just. <laughs> and then you brought it up after we saw the movie out. Even even someone who's a piece of shit like him had some kind of ethics. Yeah. You know, when it came to the Eskimo hitman guy and Yeah, yeah, and and again, you know, going with our the way that we're doing reviews. Okay, so like the best part of the movie was when Liam Neeson decides to hire the hitman, the Eskimo. Yeah. You know, as a black guy that lives in fucking Alaska. Uh huh. And Oh, they're riding in the car? No, 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 no. Well, but that was right funny, in, right? Right in the taxi, yeah. Yeah. Can you fucking change that channel? Yeah. And he puts it on like, you know, Taylor Swift or some shit. Yeah, and like then that. all of a sudden it becomes Barbie Girl from Aqua. Yeah, yeah Barbie Girl. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> yeah, take that out of the tip. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then when they get to the hotel room, uh-huh. right? And and because you have to the the whole the whole deal is. You pick them up at the airport, you drop them off at the hotel room, and you give them money, right? Half yeah. down or whatever it is. And then it's not half down, it's two-thirds down. And and he takes the two-thirds, and then he goes over to the guy he's supposed to kill, you know, Viking, and basically says, hey, you know, I'll sell the information to you for 90 grand. And he gives him the wrong name, but that's okay, because it, that, it leads into a better scene. Yeah. And um, was that William Forsyth? Yeah, it was. That's what I thought. I didn't see his name there. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. Uh, I don't remember if I saw his name in the credits or not at first, um, but yeah, it's definitely him because I, I just watched him in season three of uh, the Man in the uh, Castle, High Castle. Yeah, um, when 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 they're when <laughs> the fence scene as well. <laughs> fucking uh, uh, <laughs> every time he fucking kills somebody, he throws them into the river, but he binds them in the in the fence. Yeah, and the chicken wire. The chicken wire. Yeah. Yeah, it, it fucking all that. It, it just yeah. It, I, I, people's complaints about this movie. I mean, the movie's got a seventy percent approval rating by critics, but I, I don't care. But it's um, and that's the other thing we're getting away from. I don't care about. We don't care about Rotten Tomatoes. But I, I don't. I'm not seeing any of the positive reviews. All I'm seeing are the fucking negatives, and it seems like it's because of the vitriol about the whole, oh, him making re, you know racial comments and shit. It's like get the fuck out of here. Yeah. What What does that have to do with the price of fucking? So Tom Bateman played uh, Trevor Calcote, 
And again, I, I felt that he overplayed his his part. Like there were parts where he was really good. Yeah. But like when he was throwing his little fucking temper tantrums and shit like that, uh, you know, come on, where's Wingman? Wayne Forsyth. Just uh, you gotta see the full cast. <laughs> yeah, and even with his wife, they didn't overdo the the you know the asshole wife thing with the uh, with Forsyth's wife. You know. No, she was just a bitch. Yeah, you know. He's not even credited. That's weird. That's fucking really weird. Windex, Blues, White Bowl, Tom Jackson, Shiv, Avalanche, War Dog, Smoke, Thorpe. Like, he plays a fucking major character and they don't have him in the list? Yeah, that's weird. That is definitely... I, you know what? What if his name wasn't in the fucking credits? What if he's in an uncredited role? I've seen that happen before. Yeah, but usually that's just for minor, minor roles. Like... I got ass cancer. What the fuck are you gonna do to me? <laughs> I got stage. As you say, you got stage four ass cancer. Yeah, yeah. There's right there. Why would he go uncredited? Maybe he really has ass cancer. <laughs> Come on. <coughs> it's not even there. It is right there. He plays Brock. <coughs> <coughs> I didn't even see him. <coughs> Brock Coxman. <laughs> Brock Coxman. Wingman. So, I just. I mean, the the whole movie, the the payoff at the end, the. The 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 deaths in order, mm-hmm. you know the way that. Um, well, I, even the little um, even the little uh, little side things with uh, with like with the uh, Vikings guys, you yeah. know, you know, you, you know, one of his guys is gay, and, he, and you know, and they're they're having a little affair on the side, and then and then there's also the other guy, the the boner, right, the guy in the hotel that likes to put the fucking twenty dollar bill on his crotch so he can yeah. bang the fucking maids, and then, and then they break in and they just start laughing, yeah, and then they shoot him. It's fucking hilarious. I love that shit, man. It, you know, and uh, <laughs> yeah, thirty one percent of the time they take that twenty dollar bill. <laughs> yeah, uh, bone has bone. Yeah, bone boner. Yeah, there there he is. Um. Yeah, and then the cop, uh, the old cop, uh, played by John Doman, mm-hmm. who does the you know the voiceover for the Home Depot commercials, right? And uh, yeah, I, I mean he was a cool character. Everyone, everyone, in this movie is fucking cool, man. They just gave something. The H one gave something to the movie. Yeah, it didn't suck. The cops were fucking great. Yeah, uh, the girl that played the you know the girl cop. Yeah, was, and the kid, her? and Vikings kid. Yeah, the, Emily Rossum from uh, she's the main girl from uh, Shameless, and. Uh, and yeah, the the, I, the I enjoyed the kid. You know, he was uh, he was funny. You know, it, it, it all yeah. of it. He just he just wanted somebody to fucking respect him. Yeah. And the only persons that respected him were uh, uh, where is it? Dominic uh, Lombardozzi. So Mustang, the Mustang character. Him. Yeah, yeah. He was on the wire, just like John Doman was. Yeah. So Dominic treated the kid like normal. You know, and and it wasn't this like his dad wasn't. Yeah. Fucking, you know this. And also, was, and you notice he was giving him fruity pebbles when the dad wasn't looking. Right. Yeah. You know, so I was sitting there, you know, I need help with my fantasy team. I was laughing I so fucking you. hard uh, when the dad was talking about, do you know all the fucking high fructose corn syrup and all this shit in there? I was like, dude, this sounds like me went right now when I talk to my kids yeah. about that shit. I'm like, fuck. So this is his new, you're going to have him eat steak and, asper- and asparagus th- five days a week. Yeah. Three times a day, five days a week. Right. right? He's yeah. gonna kill himself. Yeah. He's like, well, then you can 
then then not until we switch it up with chicken. <laughs> you know. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Just like I, I and I like the way that he was just like like that, you know. He's like, Well he's gotta build up and this and that and you know, and, and the kid doesn't want to be his dad, you know. Yeah. He doesn't want to be, and he was right. The kid's like, well, I got punched by a bully, right? Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stoop to his level and go and punch him, and 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 that that's fucking cool. I like that. I like that idea that they gave this kid, you know, instead of just the kid being, you know, some fucking follower, you know, wussy. Yeah. You know, okay, I'll go do that, and like, and then like he goes and punches the kid, right? I did it, Dad. I did it for you, right? <laughs> yeah. No, they they. They wrote it to where it's just a good movie where the kid's like, I'm not going to stoop to your level. This is not what I like. You know, do you like rock and roll? No, I really like classical music. Yeah. Okay. And then, he, you know, Liam Neeson would play classical music for him. Yeah. You know, I don't, I, I maybe I was slow on the uptake on this one, but at the, on the final scene when, when Liam Neeson is in the snowplow with, uh, with, you know, the, the Indian leader, right? Uh-huh. And I mean, it was cool. They had this understanding, and you know, he wasn't gonna fucking shoot him or anything like that. Yeah, because his revenge was complete. Yeah, but uh, what I didn't really take into account was the fact that both of them had their sons murdered by yeah. the same fucking guy. Yeah, you know, and I don't think either one of them knew it right. about the other. Yeah, the, no. And then finally, kind of, I think it kind of dawned on them uh-huh. as soon as he put the gun on the thing, just like this guy's. I'm just going to enjoy the ride. Yeah. You know, and then uh, they're plowing and he's just <laughs> sitting in the fucking, in the plow with Liam Neeson. Yeah. And Neeson's just happy to have him there because it's just, he's there. Yeah. Right. You know, there's, it, they don't have to talk. Yeah. But there's someone there that you can just kind of, this is cool, right? Yeah. And they're fucking driving. This is the best, this is ultimately the the Fargo part of the movie. Yeah. Which is, was, yep. Like, Near the end of the movie, all of the Indian guys are are at the uh, uh, Chateau, Chateau Le Fluffy, whatever yeah, the fuck the, it was the, called. The Mar- not Chateau Marmont, but um, the 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 big fucking hotel in in Colorado. It's like I think it's the same fucking hotel that they filmed The Shining at. Yeah, and uh, and and they're all playing, you know, uh, in the snow. They're having a snowball fight, and yeah. then. You know, it dawns on White Bull that, you know, this is his son's not there to enjoy this moment. And he yeah. gets all pissy because he's watching the skiers go down the hill. And apparently his son skied. And then there's another <laughs> this fucking kid. He's like, hey, you know, you know how to do this? He's like, uh, I, you know, you, you, are you ready? You need any instructions? He's like, I was born to fly, white boy. And then he <laughs> fucking takes off on the, in the paraglider. Yeah. And so the whole thing goes on. And, and we, and like, you completely forget totally. that he is gone, that he's. He wasn't part of the whole shootout. Yeah. And then you're driving along, and then out of, like, <laughs> I was sitting there next to Joe, and I pointed at the screen because yeah. I didn't know if he saw it or I not. Could, yeah, I saw it. Yeah, I saw it in the background. And, and it, the, it's Neeson and Tom Jackson sitting in the in the truck, and, all of, and just out of the corner, you just see this fucking paraglider. Yeah. Just floating along. And I thought that's how the movie was going to end, yeah. with just them, him floating along next to them. Like, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> this is kind of it, it's it's a sweet you know yeah it's a sweet reminder that there's there's better things in life out there there's more beautiful things because yeah. they're enjoying the view and 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 then it's like a new sunrise <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. and then he comes floating around and they're watching him and then he just hits <laughs> the front of the fucking <laughs> right just a facial into the <laughs> snowplow just hits the snowplow and then all of a sudden. Out of nowhere, you just see the fucking parachute and blood just shoot out of the side thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, fucking A, that's just so typical Fargo. Yeah, that was awesome. And it was worth it. Absolutely worth it. Um, there was a, 
well, uh, there was a scene that didn't. Oh, there. The only scene that I um kind of pissed off about that didn't have the payoff was um uh, when Dominic is at Neeson's house. Yeah, and he had called to say, "Hey, this is where they're at," and blah blah blah. Yeah, and then like that ended his story type of thing because yeah. he had put the gun. Yeah, because like, he died in the shootout at the end, and I didn't. See, I don't even remember seeing him die. Yeah, I don't remember him. But he was in the there. list. He was in the list of ones that that, that died. No, so. no, no. That wasn't a list of people that died. It was the people that disappeared. Oh, Cast I, in order of disappearance. Oh, no, I didn't mean that one. I meant um, the list of, um, you know, when, the, when they had the big shootout, and then it had the list of all the people that died in the shootout. Yeah, I don't, uh, but I don't remember him leaving the house. He didn't leave the house. He called them because they were already there. So, no, he didn't die in the shootout. Huh. He was not there. You might. Yeah, you could be right. I, I know I'm right. So I don't, I, I don't remember ever seeing him die. I, that you know, right? He wasn't at. The, he was at Liam Neeson's house, mm-hmm. waiting for. Well, then them if, to come if he back. didn't die, I mean, I'm, then I, 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 I thought he just got fucking casually killed at the and, fucking end. And what happened to the kid? Like the kid got in a snowplow and yeah, just drove off. That was great. That was. I fucking, and then, and then, yeah. and then the police were like, "Well, the kid just drove off in a snowplow. Yeah, we got to go after him." Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking great. So that that was funny, and he, apparently he was going he was going to Neeson's house. So that's fine, you know. Yeah, that, I, maybe that's what happened. And I, I I recommend this movie. This is a must see. Oh, absolutely. You know, especially if you like dark humor like Fargo, this is a great companion piece in a way. Yep. The cinematography, like like I love those shots where the camera was way back from Denver. You know, in the in, on the highway, yeah, and you could see it was uh, always the same shot, yeah. And then like the you see, yeah, you see the the highway, yeah, and then you see the car drive by. God, and it just looks so fucking isolated, man. Desolate. Damn. It, All I can think of is like, is like, how far is Denver from South Park? <laughs> sort of watching. <laughs> now I gotta find out. Man, it just it, it, that that view like reminds me of like movies like say Thirty Days of Night. Have you ever seen that? No. Yeah. Uh, no. No. Fucking, it's a good vampire movie. It really is. I'm sure it isn't. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, speaking of, uh, at the end of this month, mm. uh, what we do in the shadows. What oh. was that movie? Yes, what we do in the shadows. It, that was, uh, yeah, Taika Waititi and uh, Jermaine Clement both uh, yeah. co-directed well, it. Well, guess what's going to be on FX? On FX. Yes, at the end of the month. I just watched the teaser trailer for that, and it's got. Have you seen it? The teaser trailer. Yeah, of course yeah. I have. That's why I'm mentioning it. Fine. The. Um, Shut up, dude! It's got that vibe. It's got the straight up, total, complete vibe of the of the movie, just with different actors. And uh, yeah, how far away is it? Well, South Park apparently is only fifty five minutes from to Denver. Okay, is that our outro music? Yeah, that's our <laughs> outro. <laughs> All right. Uh, hopefully you're not getting an emergency phone call this time. <laughs> Take number how three. I, how ironic would that be? Oh huh? fuck, dude. Yeah, that would that would definitely suck. Be hilarious, but it would suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Start over again. Let's yeah. do it. Third time charm. All right. <laughs> yeah, definitely see Cold Pursuit, man. And uh, yeah, let's move on. Um, King Conan. So, have you heard anything more about King Conan? Yeah. Um. Apparently. Um, Apparently, a young guy who inherited the rights to Conan because you know his father created it. Um, he has been shuffling around Hollywood for years and years now, trying to you know get get Conan done in one some way or another. And so Schwarzenegger in an interview, um, talking about you know Terminator film coming up and stuff like that, um, 
you know, talked about Conan because he wants to do a King Conan, you know, like he's been sitting in this fucking throne forever, you know, and finally he wants to go do something, right? And so he pretty much said that, you know, the problem is is that trying to get all everything in one place to get get, get a King Conan done. I, I personally just don't think it's ever going to happen. I really don't because, I mean, look how old Schwarzenegger is and if it's taking this long. Okay, uh, all right, let's, let's clear up a bunch of things here. First and foremost, uh, this is what Schwarzenegger said, and I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. Right. Do you want to read it? You yeah. Read it. The sad stuff about all of this is when there's an estate like this, the Robert E. Lee Howard estate. Yeah, the Robert E. Lee Howard estate. <laughs> <laughs> when someone buys these rights, those. It's the Robert E. Howard <laughs> estate, Arnold. <laughs> Don't interrupt me. Those, those people now own the rights, and they have their own vision of what they want to do, and the guy that has the rights is some young Can, guy. Do you have to be so <laughs> fucking loud? <laughs> He's trying to figure out how to get his way through Hollywood, and this is not easy to do. So there are, there are people that say to him, why don't you start with a TV series? And then he negotiates for a TV series, and that falls apart. And then he goes maybe to Netflix, and that falls apart. Then he decides to make a movie, maybe. But in the meantime, we have been trying to convince him. You, for, uh, come on, man. All right. Enough. <laughs> with the, just. We've been trying to convince him for years now that the way to go is to come back and hire a really great director and to do another Conan movie and have me play King Conan. When Conan is like 70 years old and he's disgusted by sitting on that throne and being the king and then something happens after that. It's really not that far from creating a finished script. The only th- the only one who really has to pull the trigger, though, there is the people who own the Conan rights to do a movie. Let's go to Netflix or, or whoever it is. Let's hire a director who's very creative and can elevate the project to make it a winning project. I hope it will be done very soon because I think it's a great idea. So the other, the other rumor behind the King Conan thing, which is this. Um, James Cameron was directly involved in the new Terminator film, which they are calling Terminator Dark Fate. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, there's no official title yet, but this is going to serve as a direct sig- sequel to the original uh, two Cameron films. Yeah. So, so pretty much this will be like the Terminator 3 Cameron style. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. So, <laughs> dude, I have not gone back and watched Genesis. Not one time. Me neither. You know, I, I just... I, we already I, talked about that. Yeah, the wound is too hard. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we already saw the Game of Thrones season 8 trailer. And then we saw the Dark Phoenix trailer. Um don't have any excitement for Dark Phoenix at all. I am not even interested in that. Did you know that New Line Cinema is going to make a Hello Kitty film? Yeah. Um, fuck, dude. They're making everything. I mean, we already said, they're, aren't they doing like a Simon Says or fucking... <laughs> Same difference. Yeah. Uh, where's Waldo? Yeah. See, you know, see and say, are they going to do a Light Bright movie? <laughs> <clears throat> Coming soon to theaters, My Pet Rock. Yeah. What the... F- Hello Kitty. I... I... The, uh... <sighs> <laughs> There's never been a better time now than now to share her message with the world. That's great. What's her message? I don't care. There's there's no information on what the movie's going to be about or mm. or there's anything going there on. There is such a thing as too much pink and white. So Jared Harris is going to be in Morbius? Yeah, Jared Harris is going to be in Morbius and then Jared Leto is playing Morbius. I don't really care. Yeah, I, just I, want, I just want Blade to show up and fucking cut his head off. <sighs> He looks like he could play him. <laughs> I'm not a Jared Leto fan. I, yeah, I look. I, he's got he's got um 
Shy of the boof issues. Shy of the beef. <laughs> Shy of the beef. That's cool. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know anything about Morbius. Is Morbius even? Did Morbius ever do anything with Blade in the comic book? Or was I don't it completely know anything separate? about Morbius. I don't know. I mean, I know he's fucking Marvel, but and it's Sony owned for some reason. Yeah, Morbius the living. So I guess now. Morbius is introduced in Spider-Man or something because. Yeah, he's uh, first appeared as an antagonist in the Amazing Spider-Man number one hundred and one. There we go. Um, let's see. Huh, that's fascinating. Gil co-creator Gil Kane based the character's look on that of actor Jack Palance. That fucker did one up, one-handed push-ups on the Oscars. Yeah, and then he died. <laughs> so think about that. So I don't know anything about Morbius other than he was a Spider-Man guy, a Spider-Man villain. That's what I know. And he was a vampire. He, he was a vampire. Yeah. <coughs> so, um, I just don't care. <laughs> I know. There's all these negatives, right? Sony, right? Sony, Jared, <laughs> Jared Leto. Leto. Yeah. But That's, Jared Harris is in the movie. Yeah, Jared so. Harris is always good, man. So, and then speaking of more Marvel stuff, so Kevin Feige had mentioned um, uh, doing Deadpool, continuing Deadpool is R-rated, uh-huh. uh, but he also mentioned this. They're said to be developing an R-rated Blade reboot. Oh, maybe Wesley Snipes could play Whistler. <laughs> and uh, they're going to be doing it with Wesley Snipes. Huh. Likely to be involved, say. Well, I'll tell you what. If they're going to do that, why don't they bring back J.K. Simmons to be J. Jonah Jameson? Money. <laughs> Contract. Mo- Who knows? Mo- money. So and I am, I'm totally looking forward to that as, you know, um, they, uh, they, know, they know what they're doing. So good on Marvel. Yeah. And uh, let's see what we can do. Okay. So getting on with this. Spielberg leads Oscar charge against Netflix. And I don't understand why, but my guess is that, okay, while Netflix Roma may not have won the best picture Oscar last weekend and got within such close spitting distance that has rattled conservative elements of the film industry into action. Conservative? Why does he have a fucking blue thing on his, like someone shot him with a paintball? <laughs> IndieWire reports that the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Scientists is going to reevaluate its stance on films from streaming services and the person leading that charge would appear to be none other than the governor himself, governor of the motion picture arts, <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Spielberg recently suggested in a speech that Netflix films should only compete for Emmys, not Oscars, and the site indicates he will now voice his concerns at the upcoming Academy Board of Governors meeting scheduled for April, which makes no sense considering that <sighs> his best friend, George Lucas, uh-huh. is totally for this shit, I, you look- and he's a technological pioneer. Netflix spends a shitload of money on the production of these films, and they have them theatrically released in certain cities just so they qualify. So I don't see what the fucking problem is. I really don't. It's not like these are made-for-TV crappy movies. You know, they're well, let high me, quality. Let me, hold on, let me finish. Um, Amblin Entertainment tells us, Stephen feels strongly about the difference between the streaming and theatrical situation. He'll be happy if the others will join when that comes up. We, he will see what happens. Uh, the Academy told the site, awards rules discussions are ongoing with the branches, and the board will likely consider the topic at the April meeting. The topic of Netflix movies and what qualifies as a movie began in earnest nearly a year ago during a very public kerfuffle <laughs> at Cannes in May and has been debated on and off ever since. A lot of it has to do with the so-called theatrical experience and the three-month exclusivity window in place that exhibitors demand to protect their business. Stupid. 
Uh, Roma remains an interesting case study. Had it gone a regular theatrical route, a black and white Mexican language film with no stars and following a live-in nanny and house cleaner would certainly not have generated much box office. Thanks to Netflix, though, the film not only scores a 600-screen theatrical release for several weeks, but has been available in nearly 200 countries worldwide. How is it any less a movie than other nominees, especially those who did the bare minimum one-week release on a few screens in New York or L.A.? In fact, by imposing stricter rules to potentially disqualify streaming services, the site suggests Ampass may end up making it incredibly difficult for smaller indie films to qualify. So, what they're what they basically what they're doing is it, it's it's an exclusive club. Yeah, you you're not you're not part of this exclusive. Whites club. only. <laughs> you can be a caddy here, but you can't golf. No, you're not even allowed to be a caddy. Oh, well, you could shine shoes outside the fence. Yes. White power. White power. <laughs> yeah, but that's what it is. It's it's an exclusive club for older, rich white people. Yeah. Again, another one. And it's just like, look, you're you're at the fucking leading edge of technology, and you're pushing away Netflix and other streaming services that want to create movies and yada, yada, yada. Yeah, I mean, look what they've also done for the com- the comedy industry. Like, all the stand-up they, they show on there. Uh, I, I don't think... I mean, I don't think that they've made much of a difference there because there's a ton of stand-up between Saturday Night Live and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. It's helped, but it hasn't it hasn't pushed it over the edge. You know, in terms of like, like, like the the, the Roma movie, right? Yeah, that's that. Yes, they yeah. made a huge difference. Oh yeah, that uh, Mudbound from a, a year ago. That was fucking Oscar caliber, and right. it was nominated for a few Oscars. And not only that, documentaries. Yeah. Oh yeah. So documentaries are starting to hit like crazy. Mm-hmm. Where it was just it was just onesie twosie per year, yeah. where you get the Michael Moore ones that hmm. you know are fucking slanted. Yeah. And and then from there, what happens is you get. You you get people that they just get stuck in their head that oh I lost a, and it's probably I lost my Oscar to this yeah and now I'm fucking bitter about it yeah you're probably right bitter beer face <laughs> so I you know I don't I just I don't agree with Spielberg on this yeah I and and I I completely agree oh I get it I see now see look there's a Netflix there and then there's what paint there. Uh-huh. And then there's paint on his. Oh, uh, you're an investigator, aren't you? I'm an investigator. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, he's making a statement. He's making a statement. <laughs> um, it's just weird for someone like Spielberg, who, who who did so much in the '70s and '80s for filmmaking, to to have this opinion about Netflix. Yeah, I mean, how many how many people get an opportunity to f- to create films? Yeah, and then oh, there's gonna be a Rock Hudson. By I mean, there's shit that comes out on Netflix now. That couldn't be marketed in 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 theaters, like Tolkien, uh-huh. the Tolkien biopic, yeah, or biopic as you like to say, yeah, bi- yeah. I like saying biopic better. Biopic, uh, biopic. Framing John DeLorean. Um, let's see. There's uh, uh, uh dis disenchanted, uh-huh. the Matt Groening thing, uh, the Punisher, uh, the Daredevil type series. Not just those, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to open my Netflix app. And there's there. a ton of entertaining films that Netflix makes. Sure, there's there's some like crappy ones, but there's a lot of fucking ones that are worth seeing. Uh-huh. I agree. So I I I think he's just hating. Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's my problem with it as well. Yeah, he he just mad that the Ready Player One didn't went make more money, which it should have, but whatever. So going back to DC, and and going back to the problem with DC is this. 
One of the most surprising announcements in the wake of the success of James Wan's Aquaman was that a spinoff is being put into development focused on the intriguingly designed trench creatures from one of the film's key sequences. Uh, the spinoff won't include any of the main cast um, because they're making the next movie. Now, uh, film producer Peter Safran has indicated that the plan is to get the spinoff out and in cinemas before the sequel arrives. Well, like Minions? <laughs> they're, they're, they want to do a trench film. You know that follows the trench, following Arthur and Mero. We knew that we had something special, and we knew that what the movie should be, and consequently, expect that suspect that that's one that will come out significantly before Aquaman two. So, so again, <laughs> no focus. I, I why like, why create that when you have a Batman movie that needs to be made? Yeah, I I like the outside the box thinking with it, but it's too early. You need to fucking fix your house first. Yeah, or before fi- you go to the trench. Hey, Superman. Batman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter, Green Arrow. Yeah, fucking set this up properly, get it organized, and then we'll go go to the trench, you know? Yeah, and and then Lobo, and then maybe a trench yeah. movie. We don't even need a fucking trench movie. Yeah, stop doing fucking um, uh, Birds of Prey and, and, and another Suicide <laughs> Squad, you know? Make the trench movie for the fucking DC goddamn streaming service. Yeah, have, have Lobo go into the trench. Fucking just <laughs> give us give us those movies in order. I guess Batman, Lo- Superman, another Wonder Woman, another Aquaman, Green Lantern, Green Arrow, Hot Girl, fucking Justice League, fucking Lobo. I think uh, and Solomon Grundy. <laughs> no, uh, I think Lobo has actually shown up on one of the CW shows, or he's going to. I don't care. I don't. I, I, I don't care. I understand. They they can't get anything right. No. They can't even get fucking Green Arrow right. No. And he's one of the easiest characters. He's completely opposite of Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, humor-wise and all this other stuff. Charismatic, yeah. They just made him this fucking dark and brooding other <laughs> Batman. Done with that it's shit. It's my fault. I failed this city. Flash is good. Flash is fine because it's got the humor and everything else. But again, they went dark with it. It's and always at night. And it's fucking always cares. And like fucking too much relationship drama bullshit. <laughs> well, that's, you've got to have that. It's just part of the goddamn nature it's, of the thing. They overdo it, man. It just gets fucking old. It really does. And then and, and then you have Supergirl. I, I don't know enough about Supergirl. Never watched it. But it does. it's not bad. I've seen a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. So it's not that bad. But have you watched any of the Kevin Smith directed ones? No. No. I watched Kevin Smith directed Goldberg's, <laughs> which is funny. That's it. All right. So, yeah. Um, fucking DC. <laughs> Trench. <laughs> uh, the full trailer um, for Brightburn came out. I don't care. Well, I, it, you know, <laughs> fine. Um, and uh, it's definitely interesting because it adds, you know, elements from the the, the teaser trailer. You know, because it's set in the town of Brightburn, Kansas. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty much, you know, a darker take on on Clark Kent. You know, in Superman, right? In uh, Smallville, so but it, um, yeah. I mean, this looks like it's gonna be fucking brutal, dude. People are gonna get fucked up. People are gonna die. <laughs> Mom, who am I? You are a gift. We believe that you came here for a reason. Get my hand up. He's a creep. Help him up. What are you 
you doing? I want him in handcuffs and I want him gone. Do you even know who his real mother is? I'm his real mother. Let's go. Maybe there is something wrong with Brandon. It's like, what if Zod came to Earth instead of Superman? <laughs> huh. Holy He's shit. With me. Passengers on board. No, no, no. Whatever you've done, I know there is good inside you. Him floating in way back. No, no, I didn't see it. At all. Uh, it's hard for I, it, I can barely know, see it. Nope. Uh, that looks interesting. I want to. It does. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting, man. It, what if what if Zod or someone like Zod came to Earth instead of Superman or before Superman? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. So. All right. You can't really say evil superhero. <laughs> it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. More like evil supervillain. Yeah, super villain. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, uh, is that all we got? Yeah. Are we good? So. Yeah. All right. So. so, of course, uh, the next one we will be talking about is Captain Marvel. And uh, we'll find out how uh, Nick Fury loses his eye. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. My son thinks that it's the cat. The, the cat takes his eye. I, I, I know. That'd be fucking hilarious if it does, though. So, anyway. Uh, uh, I think Mrs. Marvel takes his eye. <laughs> or Captain Marvel. That's fucked up. All right. Well, well. Either way, we're gonna find out because we're gonna be seeing it soon. So, uh-huh. all right. So for 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 Mike and for Joe and a couple of average Joes, have a nice day. Have a nice day. <laughs> bye bye. <Bye-bye. Bye-bye. laughs>